What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Flip Flop Guy podcast. I'm Andy Mokel, and I'll be your host. Our goal is to have epic conversations with people from all walks of life. There are no talking points that are off the table. It's going to get wild. We hope our guests inspire and motivate you to walk with purpose as we trudge the road of human existence. Enjoy the show. Will, good morning, man. How you doing? Morning. Doing good, man. How are you? Good, dude. Awesome. Yeah, man. So we're sitting in Penn Grove. We're at your house. Yep. Right? Yep. Uh, in Sonoma County, California. Yep. You're a California native. I am. Born yep. and raised. Born and raised. You yeah. Kai Covalo. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the wild west of California. Still though. Still. Yeah. Still yeah. Probably could always be that way. <laughs> <laughs> probably will for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Legion OST DIY Outdoors Podcast. Today we have Will Simon and. You're also the owner and operator of Mesa Verde Outdoor or Outfitters. Mesa Verde <laughs> Outfitters, excuse yeah, me. Not no, outfitters. you're fine. Yeah. Um, yep. And uh, today we're going to talk about hunting A zone bucks with yeah. archery equipment. We're going to talk yeah. about your passion and love for the outdoors and, and kind of how you got into it and, yeah. you know, what's going on. I mean, just sitting here and looking around, dude, you've got some stud bucks on the wall. Thanks, buddy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So there's good stories behind them all. I bet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> just this buck. Yeah. Looking at that buck. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, nobody can see it, but it's a <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, six by five. Six by five. How, how many inches of antler is that? I, that one, I think that one scored about 196. See, so for me, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've never seen a buck that big in, yeah. <laughs> in outdoors in my real in yeah. my in my life, in real life, I guess. I would look at that buck and be like, "That's a two hundred inch buck all day long." <laughs> you know, it's funny. You'd think, yeah, yeah, and guys get so caught up on score, but I never even thought about score until the last year and yeah. how big bucks yeah. are. And, and you know, 200 inch buck is a 200 inch buck. I mean, yeah, you'll know it's, you know, it's a no doubt or shooter buck, no matter what, Yeah. but <laughs> score's funny. Score's a funny thing. Like it's not a, you know, it's not necessarily predicated on, you know, a super impressive deer. Yeah. I mean, you can see a 180 buck and he can just blow your mind, Yeah. you know, with mass and width. And yeah. Else. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, I'm, I'm all about symmetrics, right? Yeah. So I'm all mm-hmm. about that, like ideal deep forked four by four that's sure. perfectly symmetrical yep. and wide just yep. you know turd eye guards <laughs> on them you know just yeah. like that's that's yeah. my dream bucks you yeah. know like those are like totally. you know and then you get into like non-typical bucks and you yep. know it's, it's funny it's like talk to people and it's, you have a 240 inch non-typical or a, right. a 205 inch typical in front of you and it's yeah you know which buck do you shoot Right. And, and, uh, that's a good problem to have. You know, that's yeah. not a bad problem. <laughs> not at all. So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So you're from Covalo. You're... I grew up in Covalo. Yeah. Cut my teeth hunting rabbits and <laughs> blue jays with my BB gun, uh-huh. you know, when I was a little boy. And then, uh, so you got into hunting at a young age. Though. I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I grew up on a farm. Okay. And, uh, is your dad a hunter? No. Oh, no, okay. No, no. So Just... you were like first generation. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. I mean, even, you know, now in my business where we, you know, we lease ranches from people and yeah, you'd, you'd think anyone out in these sort of remote parts of the 
country all hunt. But they don't. They don't. Yeah. In fact, most of them choose not to. Yeah. The ones that grow up seeing these deer every day. Yeah. They're they're, they're just pests. Pests. Yeah. Yeah. Or pests. Or both. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Honestly. Yeah. 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 It's usually the people from the city that need to get away. Right. That or or from more urban areas that have that drive to kind of get out there and hunt. Really. Get into guys that are around it all day. It's just not as big of a thing for them. Yeah. 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 yeah, but no, yeah. So my dad was like that. You know, he was a farmer, but mm-hmm. never really had a passion for hunting. But I think he loved it because it kept me busy. Yeah, so he didn't <laughs> kept have me to, out of his yeah. hair. Yeah, here's a worry about here, Here's a BB gun. Go, Go have fun. Go beat it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I need to work. Yeah, exactly. I need to farm. Mm-hmm. So, so how old yeah. were you when you first like when you got on your first actual like deer hunt? How old? Were you? Oh, geez. Um, I think I was. 14 years old when uh-huh. I actually got to go on my first deer hunt. And this is all A-Zone, Covalo? Well, yeah, Covalo's B, but yeah. this was or B? In, this was in Covalo, yeah. Yeah, excuse yeah, me. So with my neighbor's, my neighbor's dad took him, he was a friend of mine, and yeah. he, he took us out hunting. Nice. Yep. And how was that? Was that public land, private land? That was public. Uh-huh. That was public land, yep. Was it the pumpkin yeah. patch or like orange vests and hats everywhere or not really? Not that bad people? then. No, not yeah. Bad. Not, not back then. You yeah. know, it's so funny. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. It's like you look at everything that's going on and everybody is always saying that our hunting numbers, the numbers of hunters mm-hmm. are declining, right? We're in this stuff major decline what's going to happen to hunting but i feel like i haven't seen as many hunters Mm. on public land as i do now like so before growing up like sure i'd see guys you know but like Mm. in the last five years i see more guys than i've ever seen in my lifetime hunting sure which is crazy to me sure but well i mean i think it's it's kind of an epidemic i mean i think the, the you know I don't know if it's the increase in hunters or yeah. just the decrease in animals, but there's definitely a lack of these sort of bigger quality deer yeah. to be well, had. Well, especially now. in California. Yeah, and really yeah. nationwide. I mean, yeah. you talk to even guys in Colorado, I mean, you hear these stories of the bucks they saw 15, 20 years the ago. The good versus, old days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, though? You know, but maybe even then, you know, maybe their dads were telling them about the good old days you yeah. know, back then, too, so I don't know. Yeah. You know, but, I mean, we still run into them, but. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's it's such a trip, you know, and I mean in California, mm-hmm. I mean my grandfather was hunting pre-World War II. Sure. You know, and all that kind of stuff. And they'd go out and they'd get five bucks in a day. And I mean they weren't mm-hmm. stud muffin bucks, but they definitely weren't bad bucks, sure. especially for yeah. for out here for California. Yeah. You know, and, and what that makes me wonder about is is that where we're at today mm-hmm. with the quality of deer that we have in California is like, is that from, you know, piss poor wildlife management or is that from overhunting because we get two tags sure. or, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's a combination of stuff. I mean, I think California, especially, I think that with the, the, the value of land being as high as it's been. Yeah. And then just, you know, I, I, I do believe lawsuits and stuff have become way more predominant mm-hmm. these days than they used to be. Yeah. And just that, that risk that people take when they allow people to go on their land and hunt yeah. on private property. Instead of hunting on public mm-hmm. land. Yeah. So there's less access. For way less now, access. You know, I think well, and then there's so many anti-hunters yeah. in California as well. Just and people that, that don't. that, people that, landowners, yeah. you know, I mean, you, you kind of have to be wealthy 
yeah to own land here oh yeah unless it's like a generational thing yeah unless and, it's passed down yeah and, and 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 most people that have money mm-hmm. didn't get it living in Kovalo yeah you know they right. got it yeah. doing something in the city or whatever and, and, and unfortunately a lot of people from those parts of the and then they have their the state vacation hunt. property exactly <laughs> exactly so it's it's pushed a lot of these hunters where you maybe used to be able to just walk up to a guy yeah. and be like hey do you mind if I take my son we go hunting on your property yeah now those places are so few and far between that you're you're sort of forced you can't to go, go knock on someone's door and exactly. do that exactly especially yeah. not here yep you know yeah, that's rough. And then, I mean, how much of it also has to do with predators? I was going to say, you know? yeah, the predators. I mean, you know, we have that issue. We have a, a ranch in Ukiah, and it's um, it's overrun with lions and bears. Really, I mean, it truly is. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's a big issue. Uh, we we put such little pressure on the deer there. Yeah. I would think we'd have you know plenty trophy stud bucks around every tree, but yeah, it's not the case. Yeah. It's funny. We've got a about an eighty acre vineyard on the property uh-huh. that's high fenced. And, um, and then, you know, I don't know, whatever, 14, 1500 acres of just, you know, rural land mm-hmm. and all these deer bed up against the outside of the vineyard fence, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is ironic, right? Yeah. You think they have all this pristine, you know, forest, forest to roam around in. And yet that's where they bed. And, and, and you, you figure out why it's because they feel safest yeah. by humans because these predators, these lions and stuff yeah. are less likely to attack them there. Well, I have a buddy who just sent me pictures just recently down in uh, like South San Francisco, San Jose area, Redwood City. Yep. And he was telling me they got like 10 different lions down there. Oh yeah. 10. Oh yeah. Like yep. in, in a, in a, in a neighborhood, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's crazy. Oh, that's they, they probably got stud bucks walking around there too. Yeah. I mean, right. That's the thing. Like, uh, I have a buddy who lives up near Folsom Lake. In mm-hmm. these like little, there's a little five acre track neighborhood area right around the lake there. Yeah. And they shoot, you know, 140, 150 inch blacktails there. Yeah. Every year. They're just in their yard. That's you huge. Know, these, though. these deer. That's, that's like a monster blacktail. Yeah. That's where they grow big though, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. In the bed, neighborhood. Bedding down in people's woodsheds and stuff like that. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Never leaves yeah. the property. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. So, what was your first hunting experience like? like so you're 14 years old. You First get to hunting, go out. Got to go out. Yep. Um, and uh, we set up. We set up in this field, and uh, there was like three does out there. Mm-hmm. And then this little forky buck came out, and I just remember just like the adrenaline was just pumping through me, you know, shaking. Oh yeah, yeah buck fever time, for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'd never shot this gun before. Mm-hmm. And, um, what, ca- what caliber? I think it was a thirty out six. And um, yeah, shot and dropped the deer. It was a great shot, which was fortunate. How far was the shot? You think it was like hundred yards? Okay, it was pretty close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not bad. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that was my first buck, and it was pretty awesome. I, I I remember feeling terrible, honestly. Like I felt so bad for the deer. Yeah, there's all these emotions going through you, you know. Yeah, happy and sad. And, now, isn't that interesting mm-hmm. though? Like, yeah. so as hunters, mm-hmm. right? Everybody just thinks that we're like bloodthirsty savages. Sure. You know, and here you are. You take your first life. Mm-hmm. You know, to to eat, obviously, yeah. and also you know antlers yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. It was and heavy. you're having remorse. Oh, yeah. You know, and guilt yeah. internally. Mm-hmm. Figuring out and navigating how to deal with the emotions yeah. of taking a life. Yeah, 
you know. Well, because you grow up. I mean, I grew up around animals and dogs and pigs and farm animals and whatever. It's like you have this sort of relationship with the animals. Yeah. And then when you actually kill one that's similar, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, hair and, you know, yeah, living, breathing Creature. Walking creature. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of out of body experience. I um, you know, I mean, I still feel honestly a little remorse every time I kill an animal. Mm -hmm. I mean, but I feel like you should. It's like you a know? mixture of remorse and gratitude exactly. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a very deep sort of heavy experience, you know. But I mean, that's part of it. I yeah. Think. yeah, 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 yeah. I can relate to that. I mean, yeah. uh, this year I dumped a buck. At about 150 yards, mm -hmm. and when the buck dumped, it was like I I felt that feeling of like yeah, you know like, uh, I don't even know how to describe it, but you know not I wouldn't say guilt, but like remorse, but mm -hmm. also gratitude. Sure. Right, like yeah. a healthy mix of like oh yeah, you know yeah, and the worst is when you don't dump them. Yeah. You know, and it's gonna happen to everyone. If yeah. It yeah, it'll happen at some point where you're gonna make a bad shot and yeah. you wound it, and then yeah, you know, you hear it screaming or whatever. And yeah, it just, yeah, it gets real in a hurry. Right. So yeah. there's that brings me back to a different buck. I I drilled him at when I first ranged. It was 75 yards. It was coming in hot, mm -hmm. so I dialed my single pin mm -hmm. to 40. Okay, thinking it would stop right around 40. 40. And I came to full draw and it came in and it stopped 19 yards, you know, on an angle, on a downward angle below me. You spied him? Excuse me. And I aimed six inches under its belly. Yeah. And I spined him. Yeah. And uh, it went down and it was just kicking and blowing blood out of its nose and just making horrible yeah. sounds. And it's like, oh God, it's... Yeah. And you got a bow. Yeah. So you can't just go, you know, put one between his eyes. Yeah, so you know, so, yeah. I mean, I, I did a follow-up shot sure. and took care of business, sure. but, you know, it's, there's always, you know, you just, you never know what's going to happen, man. You never know. And I do feel less of it now yeah. as I get older. Yeah. Sometimes that bothers me a little bit. <laughs> Tur turned <laughs> cold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's true. I mean, you kind of... You know, as you see, it, deal with it you do, in a better way, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Processing exactly. it mentally. Processing it. Mentally. You know, it's part of exactly what we sign up for as hunters. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, an acceptance yeah. of the reality yeah. of life. Sure. And how many people eat meat that never experience that? You know. Yeah. And they probably should. Yeah. You know, really. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, yeah. what brought you into wanting to get into hunting? You Just know, my, I mean, you ran around a you ran around a farm with a BB mm -hmm. gun. You know, you got into your first hunt at fourteen yeah. with your buddy and his dad. Yeah. So, what kind of was like that was just the norm? That was what was going on, or? Yeah, I think for me, I think it's a release for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it's just. Uh, I think everyone needs one in their life. It yeah. doesn't have to be hunting. Well, when you're getting outdoors, you're hiking around. Not every yeah. hunt's successful. No. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and truly like. That's not what it's all about. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not. And, and I've, I've learned that more and more, and especially now that we're outfitting and yeah. taking these other guys out. And it's funny when you when you experience watching someone else yeah. go through it all. Isn't that so amazing? Yeah. So much fun. Yeah. It's fun, but it's also like you, you learn. Everyone's wired differently and everyone has different um, 
a different mentality going into a hunt. Mm-hmm. You know, some guys you can tell they're just stoked to be there. Yeah. You know, and just to enjoy the experience. Great, grateful. Yeah, and it's funny. Typically, those are the ones that are just successful. Yeah. Then other people are so uh, wound up tight, you know, and it's all about just needing to kill something. Yeah. And they completely lose track of it. Yeah. And it's like, even if they are successful, it's like they kind of ruined their whole hunt before it even got started. By maybe putting too much pressure on themselves. Putting too much pressure on themselves. Yeah. 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 And the whole idea of hunting is to, in my opinion, to relieve yourself pressure yeah you know, and stress of, of your day-to-day getting life outdoors normal activities that you you deal with yeah yeah and so that back to your point that's why i personally do it is just the ability to kind of yeah turn my brain off well and, and just focus on one thing and how often in your life do you get to just focus on one thing right you know? well you focus on being the predator exactly right exactly and i mean I, I, you sent me plenty of pictures and I've heard stories about yeah. you for like the last year and a half of like, <laughs> yeah. did you see, did you see Will's buck? Did you see Will's other buck? Did you see this buck? Did you see that buck? And like, did you consistently put, yeah. you consistently put big yeah. bucks in the dirt? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, or, or elk or antelope or, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it, I think it's just, you know a lot of that is based on why I do it. Yeah. It's my ability to just sort of shut everything else out yeah. and just be in the moment. Unplug. Yeah. 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 And that's what makes you a good hunter. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. You know, totally like the guys that are out there playing on their cell phones or mm-hmm. worrying about what they're going to do when they get back or, you know, <laughs> you know, Oh, I might have to cut my hunt short cause I got this or that. There it's is like, no it's, cutting it's the so, hunt right. short. Yeah. It's like, how do I extend yeah. this yeah. trip longer if I and need it's to? It's so hard to be successful yeah. when, when you're well, you know, and, and that brings up a, a point that a, a friend of ours brought up on one of the podcasts we did, which is the language of the hunt, right? And it's yeah. the amount of days spent in the field a year, right? which which helps you speak a better language of hunting, connecting with the outdoors, being a better predator, sure. having a better understanding of what the animals are going to do, how yeah. they're reacting, what times they're up and about, yeah. what times they're bedded down, yeah. you know, which, and I never had thought about like, you know, we have our, our own language of hunting, you know, and it's not yeah. like a verbal language. It's, yeah. you know, a mental language, you yeah. know, and it's, it's pretty neat, you know, and that's exactly what you're talking about. Oh, that yeah. time in the field. Yeah. And I'm always learning. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. It never stops. No. Never no. stops. Yeah. I mean, I've been hunting my whole life and it like yeah. every single year mm-hmm. I learn more. I find yeah. new facts either yeah. about myself or yeah. about like the mental toughness, mm-hmm. the mental toughness yeah. and what I'm willing to withstand. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the yeah. field and what I'm, what I'm yeah. not willing to tolerate. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then, uh, all the way to, you know, tracking or blood trailing or, you know, all the different aspects of the entire hunt. Yep. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it, it you know, it's, uh, it gets real in a hurry when you're out there, you know, yeah. things can change and, and, you know, and, and, uh, preparation is so key. Yeah. And then just, you know, especially when you're doing like a public land hunt, yeah. you know, or do it yourself deal. Yeah. I mean, being aware of you know all your equipment yeah well that lo- losing stuff or you know well, losing yourself having information whatever. yeah you know yeah. what i mean going yeah. into new states areas yeah. that people don't yeah. know you know what i mean yeah. and then you look at like go hunt or you know hunting fool or or epic outdoors sure. 
and these companies that are providing services where people can get in there and, yep. and actually speak with individuals, other individuals who may have hunted the same yep. areas or, you know, yep. forums and boards where yep. maybe you can connect with some other hunters to help prep yeah. for whatever the, whatever the sure. hunt is in the new area, which is pretty neat. It's funny going back to that, like your question about sort of the, the quality of animals these days and yeah. how they've, how it's different from how it used to be. Yeah. And, and just being able to get a quality hunt, you know, yeah. a public land hunt. And, you know, a lot of people actually kind of blame companies like Hunting Fool. Yeah. And these companies that have, have sort of made it more accessible for people that are out there actually scouting on well, their social own. media. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. now, you know, you can, I can sit on my couch and e-scout. learn about, yeah, yeah, you know, 10 different units in the state and which one I want to put in for and which yeah. one are my better odds. No showing stuff. up yeah. and, and actually yeah. getting out in the field necessary. Yeah. yeah. Which I love doing that. Don't get me it's wrong. It's totally great, yeah. but it's a double-edged but sword. It is. Yeah. Because everyone else can too. Now, yeah. You yeah. Know? And so, yeah, it's uh, If you're willing to put in the time and the effort, yeah. like one of my yeah. buddies, Kyle, and this guy's a phenomenal hunter. Yeah. But he e-scouts like mm-hmm. nobody's business. Yeah. He researches and like, yeah. He can Google get on is, the animals yeah. before he's even in the unit. So yeah. when he gets to the unit, oh, yeah. he are, it's like he's hunted it his whole life. Yeah. He knows it so well. It's ridiculous. There's so much information. And it's, but that, the ability to be able to do that is amazing. Sure. You know, because yeah. like yeah. for so long, the popularity of hunting was whitetail hunting East Coast. And yeah. I feel like more and more and more, especially in the last 20 years, Western hunting is really just... Blown up, blown up, and it really coming yep. to fruition. Yep. You know, and it's yep. it's crazy. Yep. You know, well, I mean, a lot of these like we still, you know, guilty as charged. Go sit in a tree stand once a year in yeah. Illinois and yeah. shoot whitetail, and I love it. It's yeah, a I, I've never but, killed a whitetail, so I don't even know. Like, it's a rush, man. It's fun. You wouldn't think so. Yeah, I I don't know if it's a rush because you know there are these big bucks running around out there, or if it's because you're sitting on your ass for like four days seeing nothing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden there it is, there it is. And yeah. you have to react. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a little intense. Well, and I, I've like, I knocked on tree stand hunters for a long time. Yeah. And then I actually sat down and I thought about it and I was like, wait a minute. Like yeah. my topography is changing mm-hmm. when I'm hunting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'll put down 10 miles in sure. a day, 15 miles, sure. you know, or five miles, whatever it is that I'm yeah. putting down that day Yeah. in a tree stand. Yeah. You're looking at the same 50 or to a hundred yards, maybe even less 30 yards for like a week for a week. <laughs> oh yeah. Dude, I can do that. No, like that's insane it's a, it, to it's me. It's a whole other challenge. That's such a, like it completely, that's really sh- really such yeah. a shift yeah. from anything. Yeah. yeah. Like I would go. I would go bananas. Yeah. Like that's insane. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And then if you get that opportunity and you blow it. Or, then what? You know, yeah. It's, it's, it's devastating. Yeah. You know, it really is. Yeah. yeah. You can't just go, you know, climb over the next ridge and put another stock on the thing. Right. It's like, that's it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. It's gone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. in five more days when the yeah. cycle's back through, they'll come back but through. But talking to these guys that are out there, um, doing this stuff. Cause you know, when we go out there, I have a friend who has an outfitting business out there mm-hmm. and they are all just you know, drooling at these mule deer and stuff we get, yeah. you know, out here out West, yeah. you know, even blacktail. Yeah. It's funny how many guys that shoot these, you know, 300 pound, uh, whitetail want a blacktail want a blacktail. And the blacktail yeah. is like 110 pounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's tiny. I know. I know. It's insane. Yeah. So talking about blacktail, yeah. yeah. let's talk about A's on it. And yeah. 
Primarily, you an archery hunter or a rifle hunter or primarily archery. Archery, sure. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you got a lot of bucks involved. In it, so. Yep, I got into archery. I guess about thirteen years ago mm-hmm. when I started doing it. Yeah, and uh, you know, I geez, I think it took me four years to get my first buck with a bow. Oh wow! Know? And I hunted hard. Yeah, you know, but I just didn't really know what I was doing. Better than me, man. It took me ten, <laughs> yeah. so maybe even twelve. <laughs> You know, I just didn't get it. I mean, it was like it was like this whole new element of having to get up up close and personal with these and animals. You, you smoked a toad, yeah, like yeah. a toad blacktail. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty intense, uh, yeah, intense deal. That was last summer. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I was uh, we have a we have this this ranch up mm-hmm. in Ukiah. Yeah. And um, I actually had not even planned on hunting that day. It mm-hmm. was like a record high day. I think it was like 105 degrees. Ugh. You know, yeah, which we're blessed with having uh, <laughs> archery hunting in what August? Yeah, in California. Yeah, in July and August. July and August, which is just brutal. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the first week of archery, so it probably wasn't July. Yeah, it was probably like yeah, July, July 10th or, or July 15th, yeah, somewhere right like now. Yep, and uh, I just decided to go out and just do. I have like some little areas I like to look and. Mm-hmm. I didn't even bring, I didn't bring anything. I didn't bring my phone. I didn't bring my knife. I didn't bring, I literally just grabbed my bow. I had like, I'm going to just go out. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to go out for an hour. Yeah. And I think it was like noon and I'd actually killed my, my first buck of that year with my bow, maybe a week prior, Mm -hmm. uh, which was cool. Like I got my blacktail already, which, you know, I mean, I I don't even count on getting one every year with my bow. Yeah. They're just tough. The ghost of the coast. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, um, and that was the first year I was using that single pin sight, mm-hmm. which I'm so stoked on that. Yeah. They're just, they're awesome. And uh, I actually got that one at 90 yards. Oh, really? The one, the one prior. Yeah. Oh, wow. And, uh, so I was feeling pretty confident in my shooting at that point. Yeah. Which it's funny how that fluctuates too. Yeah. Confidence um, in the archery. It comes and goes though. Yeah. It's so weird. I can totally relate yeah, to that. It's, but anyways, at that point, anyways, I was feeling really confident and uh, I went out and I was walking down this trail and I don't know if you've encountered this or not, but like, you know, I'm, I start kind of just thinking about other things as mm-hmm. I'm walking. Like it's really hard sometimes to just, just stay focus. focused yeah. at all times. Yeah. And I'm just sort of walking down this trail and looking at the sort of the usual spots where I would, I don't know if, you, if you're familiar with hunting a certain piece of ground, you kind of know where you're more you likely to see deer than, yeah. than not. And, um, I don't know what it was, man, but it was like something just suddenly made me stop for a second. I just remember it so well. And I was like, you know, like I should be looking over down into these little crevasses, these like real deep draws and just, just to look, you know, which like, Sonoma Mendocino County is just known, known for, for just these steep, yeah, topography. steep, nasty, like, yeah. yeah. And it was off the other side of this trail. And I'm like, you know, you know, I'm out here. I might as well actually do it right and, yeah. and really like put my time in and yeah. not just be sort of covering ground. Because uh-huh. I think that's it. Like Western hunting, you're out there. It's always like going to be better over the next ridge or around the next turn. Right. And it's so hard to stop yeah. and really focus on what where you are at. right there. Yeah. And so many times, especially when these bucks are in velvet, they're just bedded down and they don't want to get up. Yeah. I mean, it's hot. And, and I guarantee you... I walk past more good sized bucks than I've shot. How many bucks do you think we've all just walked past in the forest? I never even knew they were there. And they're 20 yards. Eight out of 10 deer. (laughs) You know, so true. Yeah. Yeah. And they're smart. I mean, if you know, they don't want to get up and I mean, 
You know, if they think you're not going to see them, I don't. I believe they won't. They're no. just going to sit right there and watch you walk right past yeah. them. And it happens so often. And I, so I stopped twenty yards from seeing this buck, and for whatever reason, I was like, I need to slow down and mm-hmm. I need to start looking. And I just walked up to this edge and looked down. It's almost straight down. I mean, I don't know. I say that, but it was probably a good thirty-five degree slope. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I looked down, and there's this buck, and he's bedded under this oak tree. Mm-hmm. And I immediately backed up, drew my bow, because I knew, I mean, they're so spooky, you know, yeah. the second they see any movement. Yeah. And then I walked right back up to it, and he'd already gotten up, and he was just standing there looking at me. Oh, wow. <clears throat> and it was So you were busted st- already from oh, the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight down shot, and I shot, and I didn't even range him. I was 40 yards, but I put my 20-yard pin on him because it was such a straight down shot. Yeah. And, uh... Didn't really hear a good thwack, you know? Yeah. But the way the deer reacted, I thought I hit him. Yeah. And I slid down this hill, literally like slid. It was that steep. Yeah. And I got down <laughs> to where I'd shot him. <laughs> and there was no blood. Oh, gosh. Nothing. Super tall grass, you know, four feet, five feet tall. Yeah. Grass everywhere and all oak brush and stuff. And started walking around. Couldn't find my arrow. But I knew my arrow could have just been buried in the ground there, especially with that angled shot. Yeah. You know? and, and, uh, no blood and I was about to give up it was already hot it was already like 95 degrees out oh god it was like 11 in the morning and um and then uh I don't know something told me I'm like you know like you gotta put a little more time in and I yeah. just I kept walking and actually went downhill cause I thought about it and I was like you know if I hit him good he's gonna go down especially with that steep terrain he's not gonna go up yeah so I went down to the this little deer track lower and then I saw a little bit of blood little bit of blood started walking and then uh I looked down he just died down at the very bottom of this thing in this little creek bed oh really and uh yeah it was amazing it was such a cool buck yeah and then it hit me about 10 minutes later like i don't have anything on me to, how do i deal with yeah, this? how do i deal with this i can't i didn't even have a phone to call my buddies or yeah. anything so i had to go drive all the way back to the house get all my gear go all the way back and then yeah. i had to drag him out by myself it took me like two and a half hours but fortunately, the meat didn't spoil. But yeah. yeah, it was a really cool deer. So I was. How I was big was stoked. it? Um, I think it was like twenty-three inches wide. Uh huh. Yeah, three by four. Um, scored like one thirty-seven. A one hundred thirty-seven inch blacktail. Yeah. Yep. And now you'd entered into the big buck contest. I had, yeah. Right. Which I'd never, that's the first time I've ever done anything like that. My neighbor yeah. across the street, he's you'd a, already he's been an old hunter prior to the hunt. prior to the hunt. Yeah, 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 yeah. and. Uh, yeah, I entered in the big buck contest, and he won the biggest buck of archery. And he's actually bigger than any rifle buck shot too. Yeah. in that contest, but I got, I got, I got kind of hosed on that deal. So the, the biggest rifle buck got a, a free mount and like a leather jacket or something, and, and then because we, I killed mine with a bow, I only got six arrows. You got six arrows. <laughs> yeah, but but your buck was bigger than the, the, the biggest the, rifle the, buck. Yeah, yeah. How's that make you feel? <laughs> like archers are out of Seriously. Yeah, right? Man, dude. I know. I mean, I, I looked know. at that buck in the garage. That's yeah. a stud. Yeah. That's a yeah. stud buck. Yeah. Oh, wait, that wasn't the... No, that was one in the room. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. in the room. Yeah. Sorry, there's so many bucks. I I just, no, it's all good. <laughs> so many deer, man. So, yeah, no, that was a really cool story. But, I mean, yeah, we just... Uh, we're, I'm blessed to have that property to yeah. hunt on every year. Yeah. You know, and I know that. I mean, it's... I feel bad for people because it's it's so hard. Yeah. Well, yeah, the ability to 
have a property that you can hunt regularly. Like I have a property in Cloverdale where I can pig hunt sure. 365. So for me, that just, it helps constantly yeah. being able to get outside, constantly being able to get outdoors, you know, and not having to worry about it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, uh, and you know, I try to invite friends and, yeah. you know, have yeah. them bring their kids out there and everything else. Yeah. You know? Give them their first experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the benefits that I've had up there in Cloverdale is I get to take out first time hunters so many times and, awesome. and, you know, like hike through trails with them and show them what their, yeah. what a pig track looks like versus a deer track versus yeah. cat tracks, because we definitely sure. have mountain lions in the property, yeah. you know, but like, yeah. It, and it's so important, I think for first time hunters, especially to take them somewhere where they, you know. They have an opportunity to at least see an animal, yeah. you know, yeah. to, to, you know, to, to experience ideally either harvesting something or at least, you know, an encounter. Yeah. Um, cause it's, you know, it can be demoralizing, especially for a kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, they, their attention spans, not quite, you know, what ours is, I think. Right. And that's all it takes, right? It's like, once you get your first, your first animal, you're hooked. Yeah. You know, but until then, I mean, it can, it can be trying, yeah. especially for a kid. Well, and you know, it's so funny too. I was talking about this with someone the other day. When I was a kid and I was hunting, mm -hmm. it was probably more, I mean, sure. It was about the experience of getting outdoors, yeah. but I was more looking for that like monster toad, the biggest buck I'd ever seen in my life. Right. Sure. And then the older that I've gotten, the mm -hmm. more I've transitioned into, it's about being outdoors and it's right. about the experience and it's about yeah. the conservation and the wildlife management. You know, I mean, of course, if I see a monster buck, I'm going to take a monster buck. But at the same time, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm more looking for me as to where like yeah. when I was a kid, yeah. cutting out back straps, yeah. I never cut out back straps. You know, it's like... Speaking of first-time hunters, Lexi. Uh-huh. So, Lexi got into archery hunting this year. Oh, really? She's never never killed a deer. Still, yeah. still hasn't. Yeah. And uh, I think I kind of blew it with her, though. Uh-huh. Because I, uh, I decided to take her. I drew a Nevada hunt this year. Uh-huh. And uh, in a pretty tough unit, like a high desert unit. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> she was pretty pumped, you know. And I think in her mind... There were going to be deer running around all over the place. Right. It's going to be this really exciting experience. <laughs> and uh, I took her out there and our plan was to backpack in. And I put a lot of scouting time into this unit. Yeah. And we were going to backpack in and uh, set up camp, hike, hike camp in basically. Mm -hmm. And then and then hunt from there. And uh, we picked the record hottest day for that day of the year ever in the state of Nevada to backpack to in. backpack in <laughs> yeah <laughs> and we <Yes>. started right <laughs> and we started at uh I don't know like nine in the morning mm -hmm. and it took us eight and a half hours to hit camp to hit camp wow and I had I probably 85 pounds on my back and she probably had 60 mm -hmm. and we each had like five gallons of uh water mm -hmm. two five or two two and a half gallon water thing water jugs and i think we ended up with about a gallon left by the time we got to the top oh wow yeah and we was there got springs the and everything and the springs were gone so we bought you know we had the water filtration deal and yeah you know we were we were we were ideally set up to stay there for five days yeah and uh 
yeah, we, we made it till about noon the next day and realized that it was not going to work. Mm-hmm. And so we had to hike all the way back down. And uh, she was a trooper, though. Yeah. She was a trooper. She made yeah. it in and out. Yeah, she did. Yeah. yeah. She only flipped me off once. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat that. Yep. <laughs> right? But no, yeah, it was... Uh, so, I mean, I don't think that's the type of experience you want to give someone on their first hunt. Yeah. But she handled it well. And, yeah. You know. But I think that's part of it, too, is you don't want people to go out the first time and kill a giant deer either. Because yeah. you kind of want them to realize that that's something. Pain and suffering, yeah, the anguish, know, the mental something, terrorism. Something to appreciate when it happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny, yeah. too. It's like... For people that get have the opportunity to go out and and harvest something like right off the bat, yeah, right, and then yeah. get it done, yeah, right, yeah. As to where for me, like it took me, like I said, ten or twelve years to to really be able to start getting it done and you know becoming a better hunter and sure all that kind of stuff. So it's so funny, like because when I get an animal or you know I'm packing something out or. Yeah. I know the amount of effort and energy that it's taken for me to get there, yep. you know, as to where like a first time hunter, yep. like might have some like Anthony and myself, we took a buddy of mine hunting yep. first time in his life. Yep. He hit me up and he's like, I want to go hunting. And I was like, boom, if you're going to come hunting, you're going to come to Montana. Sure. I have much better ability to help you with, you know, mm-hmm. success rate than I would in California or another state. Sure. So he came out on this hunt in the first eight hours of the first hunt of his life, first time hunting, first day wearing his gear. You know, we got, it wasn't like a smoker. It wasn't some crazy record class buck. Sure. But he got a three by four, drilled it in the neck, 300 yards. Nice. Clean shot, dumped it. It it was laying down. Mm -hmm. It was literally, it was laying down. And then when he shot it, the head just dropped. And that was, that was the end of the day. But that being said, you know, and and we showed him kind of how to like pack it out, cut it up, you know, the whole deal. It was a five mile hike in four and a half mile hike in. And then the rest of the week he had packed out two elk because Anthony shot an elk and then I shot an elk. So by the end of the trip, the first day of the trip, Mm -hmm. he got his first animal of his life. Right. Right, so it was like boom, he was done. Yeah, essentially, he's still elk hunting, but yeah. Then he learned how to bone out an entire. You know, he learned yeah. kind of what to do on his animal. Yeah, and then it was just like throw him to the wolves, dude. Yeah. here's an elk on the ground. We got to cut this thing up and yeah. get it out. Right, yeah. here's another elk on the ground, and by the end of the trip, we don't even have to tell him anything. He's yeah. getting in there and cleaning out sure. rib meat, doing rib rolls, and like the whole deal. And it's yeah. But he got the full experience, you know, as to someone who just shows up, shoots something, throws it in the truck and, and then bails out. that's part of what it's about, you know? Yeah. And it's so true, man. Like, uh, you know, especially doing the outfitting stuff, you know, we get some guys out there, they've never killed a deer. Yeah. And they shoot a buck, you know, first yeah. day or two. We load it up, we clean it for them, we do all that yeah. stuff, they fly back. And I almost kind of feel bad for them. Yeah. Truly. Because yeah. I feel like they're missing out on, on part of on the experience, a huge part of the experience. Yeah. 
I mean, really, the killing part is so quick. It, well, that's, I you mean, know? I always say, it's like, yeah. did you pull that trigger, man? That's that's, that's the work button. That exactly. means it's time to go to work. Exactly. The work isn't yeah. yet. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's work getting to the animal and getting to the point of pulling the trigger. But, like, right. that's when the real work begins of... That is the experience, yes. you know? I mean, yeah, the actual killing part is so quick. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. So, yeah. you yourself, I mean, like... Looking at the mounts in the house, yeah, yeah. you know, and yeah. looking at pictures from years past of animals sure. you've harvested, like, yeah. did you've smoked some monster bucks? Yeah, yeah. like all over ones. the place. Yep. So you kind of got into out of state hunting and and from California. Yeah, you know, I I I did. I got into out of state stuff. I mean, not that long ago. Um, I wish I'd started when I was younger. Right. Me too. You know, because I have all <laughs> these points built up right now, and I don't. But. Yeah, you know, like five, six years ago is when I really started delving into the out-of-state stuff. And, yeah. Um, you know, I never really wanted to just drop a big chunk of money on just going and doing an outfitting deal. You know, yeah. I mean, I knew, and that is unfortunately, I say unfortunately, I shouldn't because I'm part of the business now, but, <laughs> you, know, you know, that's a big part of it. You know, I mean, anyone can go and shoot a big trophy class elk if they have 10 grand, 15 yeah. grand to drop on doing it. I mean, yeah. really, you know, same with the deer. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, A, most people don't have that kind of money to spend, mm -hmm. you know, and then a lot of people don't want to just do it that, that way, you know, they want to do it themselves. And um, I've always been one of those people. So I, I uh, you know, I've always chosen instead to go the public land route or to do it, you know, maybe with an outfitter, but I'll just pay to do like a trespass hunt and then hunt on private land, but yeah. just do it myself. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think it kind of goes back to a conversation we'd had earlier about just, just time, you mm -hmm. know, like that's such a big factor. Like yeah. Giving, getting the time. Give, giving yourself enough time mm -hmm. to get out there, to really put in the work. You and know, get it done. And get it done. Yeah. And especially out of state, more so than California. I mean, weather is such a huge factor. Yeah. Such a huge factor. Yeah. You know, in like how those animals are patterning. Whether yeah. you're even able to go out and hunt them that day or not. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, the winters in like Colorado are not like the winters in California. At all. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You can get shut down in a hurry. So mm -hmm. it's, um, yeah, I mean, I just think it's. Uh, One of the snow doesn't come, yeah. the odds of tagging out. Gets yeah. slimmer and slimmer. Oh, much slimmer. The later and later that the much winter slimmer. comes, yep. it's like that it makes yep. it more and more difficult. Yep. Yep. You know? And I've noticed, and I, I believe this, that I think these deer are starting to evolve a little bit. I, I think, think so. They're starting to rut later and later every year. Yeah. And they're starting to transition down out of the high country later every year. Yeah. And I, it, I think it could be partly to do with the fact that, you know, they've been hunted in that earlier part of the rut now for so many years. Um, yeah. You know? Like, Forever. Yeah. You know, yeah. for as long as I can remember. Yeah, yeah. You know. So it's definitely, uh, you know, I mean, granted, yes, if you get a nice early big snow, it's going to push them down. Uh -huh. But if you don't, they're not going to come down, you know. I mean, we have, uh, in Colorado, we have four rifle seasons. Mm -hmm. And where it used to be that last rifle season was like the trophy season because it was a rut hunt. Yeah. See these giant bucks and catch them chasing does. And it was like a guaranteed rut hunt. Right. Now, they're barely even in pre-rut. Yeah. You know, you're just seeing it's just kicking off kind of. Yeah. 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 So, you know, now it's usually that early season that we have our best success because uh -huh. they're, they're still patternable. 
Um, they haven't really. People haven't got the, the pumpkin patch didn't hit the mountain yet. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's just starting to. Yeah. 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 So. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So yeah, so I you know grew up grew up hunting in California, still hunting in California. Yeah. Love doing that. Um, definitely got that out of state bug though. Yeah. And uh, you know it, it, it's true. I mean the the quality of animals. And just the amount of animals you can see hunting in a national forest somewhere in, you know, Wyoming or Utah or Idaho or Colorado or New Mexico. I mean, it just, it, it does. It, it definitely supersedes California. Kind of our, our experience in our national forest. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, I'm, and I always tell people too, though, it's like if people can get it done in California consistently, yeah, the ability to get it done out of state yeah, is going to be a lot closer to 100%. Oh, yeah based off of yeah. how hard we have to work in California. Oh yeah. Cuz yeah. like you said man, California's no it's not yeah. it's yeah. and it and it's difficult because the animals aren't there. And if they are there, yeah. you yeah. got to root them out with a stick to find sure. them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you tell me what do you what's your guess? I mean, as far as you know, if you were to pull the the hunter the, the hunting population in say a state like Colorado or California at a hundred percent, like what percentage of those guys do you think ever will go more than 200 yards from their truck? You know, I'd say probably like 60 to 75%. Yeah. Don't get that far out. No. Yeah. 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 And that's where you're, you're, you know, that's, I think where your where your success rate can really go up, yeah. you know, is your ability to get out there, you know, go places. I mean, First thing I look at, if I say I draw a New Mexico elk hunt or something, mm-hmm. the first thing I'm going to look at is where there are the least amount of roads in that unit. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and that's where I'm going to go. Yeah. You know, truly. Like, get away from people. Yeah. Get away from pressure. Well, and, and it's yeah. it's funny you say that, too, because we were talking about different websites where mm-hmm. you can find information and then Google yep. Earth, e-scouting, and all that kind of stuff. Sure. And then add on top of all of that the amount of glorification of quote-unquote backcountry hunting right so you see these guys Mm -hmm. you know facebook instagram whatever their social media may be posting these amazing pictures of just not even animals but just the outdoors and right you know how connected they are with the outdoors and the beauty of backcountry hunting yeah you know and then so by doing that right you're you're glorifying it everybody else wants to start doing it. I was having a conversation with my buddy about this on Tuesday. Sure. Um, And then all of a sudden there's this enormous surge of population going further and further into the back country because it's been glorified by so many different guys for so long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, well, you know, there's guys like what, like Cameron Hayes that Haynes that have turned it into basically like a, a, it's like a sport now. Yeah. Like not just the sport of hunting, but the sport of fitness, the sport of, you know, you I look mean, at Cameron like, Haynes. I mean, yeah. how much how much of the le- of his legs and hunting did he get right from hunting California B zone? Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I, if I'm not correct, yeah. I mean, you might know better than I do, but yeah, pretty sure like a huge amount of his start into hunting yeah is all backcountry B zone yeah. California hunting. I think so. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. and that's yeah, but it's true. It's like it's it's you know it's uh, I mean, look at all these people like our generation mm-hmm. you know there's so many different workout yeah. options you have now yeah. exercise, exercise and health is hunt. huge now right I yeah. Mean, yeah organic food yeah um 
you know, dieting, uh, different forms of exercise. Right. Well, know. dieting. We were talking about today. Addiction in America. Guys doing Pilates. Yeah. Guys didn't do Pilates doing ten yoga. years ago. Yeah. Doing yoga. Yeah. yeah. Now it's like it's a fad, right? And, and so is um, and hunting has almost been marketed now. I think to an extent as as that. Yeah. You know, as almost like a, a fitness a, level. Fitness. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, and um, and so. Yeah, I think that's, you know, again, it's so hard, right? It's like, yeah. is, it, is it good or bad for hunting? Yeah. To sort of open it, open this window to a whole different genre, genre of people, of people yeah. that probably wouldn't have done it otherwise. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it's good in the fact that it, it, it's brought it to the forefront. It, it gets a lot more publicity. Yeah. There's a lot more people supporting it. Yeah. Um, it's bad in the fact that it... it you know, there's just more people in the woods yeah, and less animals. And yeah. you brought up the Pilates and the yoga and like, cause you know, yeah. you were telling me you do Pilates, yeah. right? You've yeah. done it. I've yeah. done Pilates, yeah. you know, yeah. and I, I did yeah. yoga a lot. I <clears throat> kind of haven't in the last three or four months, but sure. it's been hunting season. So I'm yeah. just not accountable to anything. Right. <laughs> hunting season. But, uh, you know, and then I, I talked to a lot of other guys that I know um, predominantly guys from California mm-hmm. that are doing, you know, different yoga classes and different Pilates and like all these different sort of classes and courses strictly for fitness so that they're more comfortable yep. in the environment when they're outdoors. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and it's actually become, I think something that's been super beneficial for a lot of guys. Yeah. And it kind of blows my mind with the guys that are doing yoga and the guys that are doing Pilates and the guys that are doing these things. Mm-hmm. And it shows so much more about the dedication that they have to the art form that is hunting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, because that, I mean, for me, that's why I started doing yoga is, is yeah. so I could be more limber and, and yeah. you know, uh, more ready in 100%. the field. Yeah. You know, and, and oh, dude, holding those yoga poses. I mean, yeah, that's just like staying in a crouch for, 10 minutes because the deer's got you pegged and you're oh, for sure. to move. I mean, it's, yeah. And you have to be yeah. comfortable yeah. in that yeah. in that position. <clears throat> exactly. Yeah. You know, and if you're not used to doing yeah. some weird stretch, yeah. you know, some yeah. weird pose gonna, and holding you're gonna still. You're going to cramp up and, yeah. You yeah. can't yeah. hold still for <laughs> no. that long. No. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man, that's, yeah. it's so funny though. You know, yeah. it's just, it's such yeah. a trip. Man. No, it is. It's a, it's a completely different world of hunting, I think, than it was, yeah. you know, for, for our her parents or yeah you know the ones before them where it was just like all right you know let's get out there let's and get, get the truck yeah yeah <laughs> right we brought up orange i don't think people wore orange when i first started out right i mean i, I mean they're they don't supposed still to in california <laughs> it's not a law here right right you know but, yeah, but in every other every state, other state yeah, yeah yeah so orange 400 inches you right know? yeah <laughs> you know but thank god for us the deer don't see colors so exactly. it doesn't like yeah you know and that's one of the trip outs about like um, hunting apparel, right? Oh, yeah. We call it That's hunting gear, thing. but like, come on, man. Yeah. The end of the day, it's, it's a fashion statement. It's a fashion statement, oh, right? 100%. Like, we're the most fashionista. I mean, I'm horrible with it, <laughs> right. you know? Like, oh yeah. You know, but it, it's yeah. it's all like camo gloves that match our bino harness, that match our oh, yeah. jacket, that match our socks, that match our you yeah. know all this different stuff. And it's like yeah. at the end of the day, man. The animals don't care. The animals don't yeah. see that. Yeah. Like yeah, it doesn't matter to no. them if you're wearing, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. Sitka timber or <laughs> Kuyu Verde 2.0 or you know, woodlands from World War Two. So you true. know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's yeah. it's so to me it's just so funny to 
Yeah, it is. See it is. all that. Yep. You know. Yeah. But let's talk about this antelope that's sitting yeah. above your head, man. That was a funny story. So last year I had an amazing three weeks of September. I drew uh, a mule deer archery tag. Mm-hmm. That's where I got that buck over there. The tall one. The tall one. Yeah. And I shot him three days into my hunt. Uh-huh. And then, uh, which is crazy. I mean, I really didn't even have to put much scouting in at all. Yeah. And um, and then I had my son with me, uh-huh. who was eight at the time. Okay. And uh, I decided, you know, I'll take him out. I had him with me for one more day, and then he had to fly back and go back to school. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a road trip. I drew the mule deer tag in Colorado, and then I drew this pronghorn tag in Idaho. Uh-huh. And then I bought an over-the-counter elk tag. And um, I had him for five days, so I shot the deer three days into it. He was just beside himself, probably. Yeah, yeah, I had him sitting right next to me. Full experience. Oh, yeah, full experience. You know, we had 15 bucks come within 20 yards of us. Yeah first and then he came out last yeah dropped him he went like five feet and dropped which was awesome oh you um, can't beat that no and then uh it was really cool and then so i'm like okay you know i got an extra day with my kid i'm gonna take him elk hunting and this is all national forest over the counter uh archery elk in colorado which is tough yeah you know and i mean i've done it i've gone out there and done that for a week where i've seen three cows and oh that's wow. it yeah, you know, not even a bull elk. And now is that an either or tag or either or? Okay, yeah, you know, and and it's just, uh, you know, it's 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 just high pressure hunting, and mm-hmm. um, we go out there, and we're we're hunting on this little chunk of public right next to this big private ranch, and the idea was maybe I could call a bull or something over the fence mm-hmm. onto this onto the public, and uh, we sit down in this little oak brush, and I make out, I just I, I let out a couple bugles, and I'm thinking like. The odds of us even hearing an elk are slim to none, let alone yeah. seeing anything. And I let out a bugle, and uh, about five minutes later, this bull elk comes out. Maybe no like way. 200 yards from us. Yeah. Younger one, like a 4x4, four four, just a little satellite bull. Yeah. And just starts raking and ripping the ground up and bugling and like pissing off. He's ready to fight. It was awesome. Man. Yeah. And the kid's sitting there, and his mind's just blown. <laughs> Next thing you know, five more bulls come out, and they're just fighting no way circling us yeah it was nuts man and i called in three bulls like to within about 30 yards all younger yeah two five by fives and a four by four and uh you know they came right up to us and he's just sitting there just like i mean freaking out was the coolest thing and then it was like right before dark and um and suddenly like at the top of this mountain we heard this this scream and I look up and I just see this giant bull elk running down the mountain straight at us. Really? And I'm like, oh my God. Closing the gap. Oh yeah, dude. So I pick up my son and I stick him in this little chunk of brush and I'm like, don't move. Yeah, this is it. You're like, you saw that bull coming in and you're like, all right, now this is real. Game on. Yeah, game on. And um, the funny thing when those elk come in is, you know, they get when they, whenever they get close, they get completely quiet, yeah. which is amazing. I mean, Dead elk, silent, elk are the most amazing animals. They're being huge. so big and being able to walk through the woods so yeah. quietly. Yeah. So I'm set up on this elk because all the other three bulls that had come in, they came in in a certain area. They would go down in this ravine and they'd come up over the fence to where we were. And every time they jump the fence, you don't even hear a sound, which yeah. is also Isn't that so crazy? Yeah, not a, not a peep, you know. And, and uh, they would all come in downwind of me. They'd circle us. And I assumed that this elk was going to do the same thing. And I mean, 
I'm sitting there and I got my boy maybe like eight yards to the right of me and I'm looking directly down this little bluff where this elk's going to come up. He went Mm -hmm. down into the straw and nothing. And I'm like, what's going on? And suddenly I look to my right and he's standing about 15 yards from me. My son's in between me and this bull and he's just staring at me, you know, like eyes rolled in the back of his head, just snot coming out of his nose. No way. Yeah. Just like ready to fight, you know? Uh, and like we just had this little like moment of just eye contact. Yeah. And then he was gone. Yeah. Like took out the fence leaving. Yeah. Like wasn't quiet then at all. No. You know, but uh, it was such a cool experience. And your son got My to son's see just the entire thing. Oh yeah. From like five yards. You know? Wow. Yeah. So that was really cool. And uh, and then the next morning, um, he flew home and I actually shot an elk the next morning with my bow. So uh-huh. I got a deer. Is it that one right there or no? It's a no, different better, bigger one than that. Yeah. Okay. We got him at the lodge. And yeah. then, um, and then, uh, so I got a deer and an elk in like five days and then yeah. I left and then I had to drive back to California via Idaho or via Nevada, like, yeah. uh, Elko. Yeah. And my unit in Idaho was maybe an hour and a half from Elko. It was mm-hmm. just right there on that board. It was a really cool unit. Yeah. And, um, this was a rifle hunt I drew for the antelope. But. Yeah. So I get out there and uh, I drive out to this area. And I mean, it is like remote, you know, you get out there and it's just... Just sitting. north of Jackpot? Jeez, I'm trying to think of where it was. Yeah. I'd have to look at the map. I can't yeah. remember the unit. But yeah, it was like, um, it's kind of bordered the Oregon and Nevada border. Oh, okay. Of, of Idaho. Okay. And, uh, and it was just like sagebrush mm-hmm. as far as the eye could see. And I didn't really know where to start, you know, and uh, pronghorn, I mean, I drew one other pronghorn tag in my life and it was a really easy hunt. It was that Likely Tables in yeah. California. Likely Tables is a fun hunt. Yeah. I drew that with no points. Really? Yeah. My dad just did that like four or five years ago. That. Yeah, I uh, bet. Yeah. <laughs> so we get out there and um, I get out there and by myself and I'm like, I don't know where to start. So I'm like, I'm just going to find a, a water hole and just, you know, set up camp there, like a, a, a lake mm-hmm. and then just go from there. So I set up my camp and that first evening I look across this lake and there's like 40 pronghorn just oh, hanging wow. out across the other side of this lake. So I'm like, sweet, you know, yeah. jackpot. So I'm like, okay, in the morning I'm going to get on my quad. I had my four wheeler and I'm going to drive all the way around to the other side of the lake and then hike up above that spot and then try and catch them when they come down in the middle of the day yeah. for water. So I put my, you know, brand new sick pack on the front of my, or on the back of my quad. I strap it down. It's got my truck keys, my cell phone, my Uh-oh. GPS, my tag, my knife, everything, you know? And, uh, I start trekking across all the sagebrush. It's about an hour drive and I get to the other side of the lake and I'm going down this ditch and I look back and my pack had like come loose and was like hanging off of the back of my quad. And yeah. Like, oh man, that was close. One. Thank God I looked back. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I grab my pack and I strap it on again and I like crank the ratchet straps down real tight I'm like okay and then I start booking it up the other side of this lake up to where I'm in a glass it's probably about a half a mile drive mm-hmm. up like I don't know how to explain it basically just like um, sort of big mesas mm-hmm. and then just a big like sloped ravine all the way down to this lake Yeah. and so I'm just you know plowing over sagebrush and I get maybe like I don't know yeah good half mile up this up this up this embankment mm-hmm. and I look back my pack's gone no way yeah like an idiot you know like I didn't think oh 
maybe I should strap my pack on the front of my quad because mm-hmm. it already almost fell off once. Yeah. And so then I'm like, oh my God, you know, panic sets in. So I turn around and I start to go back and then I realize like, holy cow, like I got to stop. I got to leave my quad where I stop. So at least I have one reference point of where I ended. Yeah. So I go back and I park the quad at where I came up. The pack was gone. And uh, I start walking back down and I'm just like, at this point I'm reeling because I'm looking around and it's just a sea of sagebrush. Yeah. And I'm looking for a, a camo Sitka pack. Yeah. Going back to your point, like you buy, a, you know, a backpack that's camo, which you don't need to do anyways. Yeah. And of course it matches the terrain you're hunting in perfectly. So it's very So now your camo is your actually pack. lost yeah, because exactly. we can't see camo when it's good camo. Exactly. So I'm like, now I'm just freaking out, you know, and then all these thoughts are going through my mind because A, there's no one around me for probably 30, 40 miles. Yeah. I've got no car keys. I can't even get into my truck. Yeah. No GPS, no cell phone. Yeah. You know, forget the tag at this point. You mm-hmm. know, I'm just like, I might even get out of here. <laughs> and uh, I go all the way back down to where I strapped the pack on mm-hmm. to my quad, which was kind of fortunate it happened in a way because then I at least had a reference point of when I knew I had it last. Mm-hmm. And then it, there it was. It was like, okay, I've got three quarters of a mile to try and find this pack. And, uh, it took me, I think this happened at probably like six in the morning. Yeah. It took me till three in the afternoon to, to find, find it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was insane. There were no tracks yeah. at all to speak of. Uh-huh. The only way I could find it was there was like a little bit of this like yellow wispy grass. And every once in a while, if the sun hit it just right through yeah. the clouds, you could kind of see where the grass had been pushed over. Uh-huh. For your tire to, track. For my, no, I couldn't even see tracks. Oh, just, really? just where the grass had been like kind of pushed over. Oh, okay. And the sun, it would reflect off of it. Yeah. I like literally had to go back to my like uh, ancestral, whatever, <laughs> Indian, yeah. you know, caveman, you know, tracking days yeah, to right? find this thing. Yeah. And I found this old cow, bo- cow carcass of these, like all these cow bones. Mm-hmm. So every time I found a spot, I would plant a cow bone in the ground because you would lose it as quick trail. as you found it. And then yeah. you'd have to start all over. Yeah. And of course I finally found it like maybe 40 yards from my quad no, all the way man. at the top. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so rough. But the whole time too, there's like 50 pronghorn yeah. just hanging out down at this watering hole. Really? Oh yeah. You know, just teasing me, just taunting me. Uh-huh. And I kind of made a deal. I was like, you know, with whoever's up there, I'm like, you know, if I find my pack, yeah. I'm going to shoot the first one I see and get the hell out of here. And then I'm done. And I was exhausted too. I mean, this is I like, up and down, this is my third, yeah, this is my third hunt in three yeah. weeks in a row. Yeah. You know, like you kind of hit that point where you're just like. Fatiguing out. Yeah. No matter how much you love hunting. Yeah. You're kind of ready to not hunt. For yeah. That was me and this think, December for I, sure. I think I hit that mark, you yeah. know, and I was like. Threshold. Yeah, and I did. I grabbed my gun. I walked down there and I, I shot that guy, and I got out of there that evening. Yeah, yeah. But it That's was awesome. Like, uh, yeah. Wow. It was Dude, one of those experiences pack. where it just gets real. Yeah. Real quick. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, in a different way. Yeah. You know, it's like totally it got real, way. real quick when you yeah. stuck your son in the bush. Yep. But this yeah. is a whole different kind yeah. of real because yeah. it's everything that you have. And I learned my lesson, you know, like, and, and we went and did an Arizona hunt in January that year for mule deer uh-huh. and I would have my pack on me and you've got a 40 pound hat pack and you're putting a stock on a mule deer and it's, it's very tempting to take that pack to off drop it. and set it down. Yeah. And I've just learned now, like, it's not worth it. Yeah. You know, I was it's with a buddy, not. we were doing a archery hunt in Nevada Yeah. 
And uh, I was along for helping and, and having a good time. And he took his boots off, putting his stock on. And it took us like two hours to find his boots. No way. Yeah, because yeah. he just, he left. Yeah. He left. And <laughs> yeah. there was no marker. There, no. Was, there was nothing yeah. that said, this is where my boots are. This is, this is the sage yeah. bush that I put my boots Boot behind. Right. <laughs> in a sage <laughs> desert. A, yeah. You know? Dude, that's all it takes. Yeah. And it's so fun. I mean, I've done it before and I'll probably do it again. Yeah. Where you think, or you even find a landmark or some yeah. sort of a weird looking rock or something yeah. that you think is going to Or throw a out. hat on the bush. Yeah. But even yeah. then, when you start walking back and it's not where you think it was or yeah. you don't see that land, and then it's like panic. Right. Or like just that weird little like anxiety button yeah. kicks in every time. Yeah. So let's talk about your 2018 season. We talked a little bit about it at breakfast this morning. Yeah. 2018 has been different for me. Mm-hmm. This has definitely been a different year for me. I yeah. Mean, I, I, uh, so I decided to try and live the dream mm-hmm. and start my own outfitting business. How's that going? It's been great. Yeah. It's been great. Yeah. It's been a completely new learning curve. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's like anything, right? It's like you have this sort of glorified idea in your mind about how doing something you love, you love and getting paid is for gonna, it is going to go. Yeah. And it's never going to go exactly how you think, nope. you know? And, uh, and I knew that, I mean, I've, I've been around enough to know that, Yeah. but you still like, there's no way to prepare yourself. Even if you think, you know, that it's not going to go the way you think it's going to go. Yeah. It's still, you can't really prepare yourself for the reasons why that happens until you actually get out there and do it. Until you're living it. And that's, and that's, that's been the lesson for this year is just, you know, having to live it. Um, loving it and hating it mm-hmm. sometimes too, mm-hmm. but just uh, figuring it out and, and just it's such a it was such a such a big learning curve for me. Yeah. So um, before we dive into the Mesa Verde and yeah. and the hunts that you had this year yeah. in yeah. Colorado, yeah. what was it like for you coming into? I mean, obviously, success bleeds out of your hunting experience like mm-hmm. none other. I mean. Mm-hmm. Like we were, yeah. I've already said multiple yeah. times, the mounts that you have just sure. in this house. Yeah. I haven't even seen the mounts in the lodge. Right. So yeah. if these are the ones that come to the house, <laughs> the ones that are in the lodge, I can't yeah. even begin well, to you, you think gotta, of what they look like. Check them out. I, yeah. until I'm yeah. down for that. Yeah. So what was it like? You know, you said you had a couple tags, mm-hmm. you know, and it was a relatively unsuccessful year. Yeah. One hunt you had to completely can. Yep. Um, what was that like for you? Was that like a struggle? It was a little painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was truly, you know, it was like, um, cause I kind of live for this year round, yeah. you know, I yeah. mean, I spend my winter planning my summer. Right. You know, so <laughs> that's the best part about the off season. <laughs> right. right. Like, time the, to put in for tags and where am I going and how exactly am I Exactly. Is the excitement and the planning of, yeah. of your hunts, you know, I yeah. mean, and it's, it's, it's funny. It, it's gotten to the point for me now where I almost get as much enjoyment out of that as I do actually going on them. Yeah. It's just planning them. Totally. You know, and getting excited and getting geared up. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and it was a, it was a unusually successful draw year for me. Uh-huh. Drew three hunts. Um, I drew Nevada, I drew, uh, New Mexico and I drew Montana, mm-hmm. two for elk and one for deer. And, um, you know, at the same time I took on this whole, uh, outfitting endeavor. Yeah. And... You know, Which never, has to pull you away from your tags. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, you would think common sense would tell you, like, you're going to be running hunts 
during the hunting season. And how are you going to hunt gonna yourself? How are you going to actually get done? <laughs> <laughs> you would think, you know. Yeah. I yeah. should have put two and two together a little more than I did. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, I could still, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't look back and be like, oh, I shouldn't have started the business because I didn't get to go hunting as much, yeah. you know. But it's still, it was a little painful. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really, you know, the, the Nevada hunt was probably the only one because it was in August that I really got to sink my teeth into and put some time in. Yeah. But it was brutal. It was just brutally hot. I think I told you a little bit about that yeah. one already. Yeah. And then on top of that, the smoke, we had all the smoke from the fires in uh, Mendocino County and from Lake, California Lake County. burning down. And they just wafted in there and it was like, I mean, the smoke there was more intense than here. That's insane. You couldn't glass. I mean, it was just, it was. Brutal. That'll ruin your hunt, especially it, in the sage country. Oh yeah. 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 Good luck picking a deer out. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. When it's just that smoke. that's rough. So, yeah. So, so they, we had that and then. Um, yeah, then the New Mexico hunt, I just, uh, you know, I, I honestly just didn't have the time mm-hmm. to break away and really put the time in that I would have normally, I think, you know, normally I would have invested at least a week into a hunt like that. Yeah. And I mean, I only got to put in like two to three days, oh, wow. which is just not realistic. Yeah. You know, I mean, if, if the elk had been talking and, and, you know, I could have maybe called one in if they'd been rutting hard, it might've been a different story, Yeah, but they weren't. I feel like across the board, this was a pretty difficult year in calling in calling in some bulls. It was. From a, I mean, I I know a couple people that had success, but like it was few and far between. Yeah. It no. wasn't like I want to say it wasn't like normal years that I've seen in the past, where it was just like bulls lighting up, everything coming to life. No, it was. I mean, even in the Gila, which is like you know, generally like in New Mexico, I think like the Gila units, you know, they're they're rutting hard. Yeah. By like the second week of archery. And I think it wasn't until the last three or four days, even there, that they were like really talking and yeah. you know chasing cows and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, no, it was a tough year all around. And you kind of, you know, that's the other thing too. Um, I don't know if it's good or bad because I do attribute harvesting an animal a lot of times to just sort of dumb luck. Mm-hmm. You can be the best hunter in the world. Yeah, but a lot of times it's like ninety percent luck and ten percent. Yeah, stuff. and just being yeah. out there. Yeah. Right? Like putting your time putting in. in the time. Yeah. And yeah. eventually, hopefully you're going to run into one. It doesn't matter how talented you are at some point. Yeah. Like you, you kind of have happen. to get lucky too. Yeah. Right. And, um, and as you hunt more and more, I don't want to say it makes you lazier, but it does kind of make you, you're quicker to be like, Hey, it's not going to happen this time. Mm-hmm. You know, the deer aren't. The deer aren't doing what I thought they should be doing. Yeah. Or the elk aren't doing what I thought they should be doing. They're not where I thought they would be. They're not patterning the way they should be this time of year. Yeah. It's going to be really difficult. So for that reason, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put in my time out here doing this if it's going to be that tough, you know, I'll come back when it's better Yeah. or it's just a bad year or whatever. Where when you're younger, when I was younger, I was so stubborn at that point in my life. You just life. keep going. I just keep going. That's me you know? right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just keep going. Good. Yeah. You should, man. Ankles broken. Yeah. Swollen yeah. in my boot. I'll yeah. just keep going. You, you need to, you know, <laughs> you need to. Yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, for Super me, you know, I think, I don't know. I, it's, it's a bad, it, I think it's a bad habit, yeah. you know, maybe that I've gotten into a little bit. Yeah. Where like, yeah, if I'm out there and it's thick country and the elk aren't talking, yeah. you know, and they're not hitting water. What do you even do? You can't. Yeah. You literally, I mean, there's nothing you can do. You, there's nothing you can do, yeah. you know, an outfitter might tell you, Oh, we're going to go to this spot or that spot. But yeah. really what they're thinking is, 
hopefully we just get lucky and we run into one. Yeah. Because that's the truth. Yeah. Like you're just kind of walking around out there aimlessly hoping to run into one. Hoping it happens. Yep. And um, that was New Mexico. It was just, it was hot. It was thick. They weren't talking. Yeah. I could have probably stayed for another day or two, but I was like, you know what? I've got this hunting business. We're, we're in full swing right now. I've got hunters there. My guides are there. Mm -hmm. I need to be there. Yeah. And it's not happening here. So yeah. I'm going to leave. You know, where a year Better ago... Better use putting your time somewhere else. Yeah, but a year ago, that would have been... I would have stayed. Yeah. That's where I would have put my time in. Yeah. You know? And again, that yeah. kind of goes to what we were talking about a few yeah. minutes ago of, mm -hmm. you know, going into your dream field and living the dream, and now you can't hunt for yourself because you have to run other hunts during hunting season, exactly. right? Exactly. So in the back of your mind, you're like, man, I could be on the ranch getting things done and... and you know, exactly having more success, helping yep. other people yep. complete their hunts. Totally. Yeah. And like, you know, this year being out in Colorado and doing this, I'm away from my family for the first time for like a large chunk of time. Yeah. And the Montana, that was the sacrifice I had to make. It was like, Hey, I, I can't go do, you know, it was basically, I had two options. It was go do Montana mm -hmm. or it was take Lexi and the boys mm -hmm. to Illinois and do a hunt for them for deer. Yeah. And I chose that because yeah. it was the right thing to do for my family. Yeah. You know, but it was tough. It was yeah. like, I mean, that was the one I was most excited about, but yeah. it was also like, you know, that's, <clears throat> that's part of the, it's part of getting older, I guess, yeah. right? Is you kind of have to pick your battles and right. when you can and can't go, and, you know, there's, there's, there's always obstacles in your way. Yeah. On any time. Life you, happening. Right. Constantly. Well, yeah, I mean, just hunting in general, it's like you're, you know, like we talked about, it's like you're, you're unplugging yeah. from reality. Yeah. And, and, it, and as you get older and you have more and more responsibilities, it just becomes so much harder to do that yeah. for a large chunk of time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyways, so that was sort of my 18 season. It was a bit of a bust as far as hunting for myself. Mm -hmm. I did get that nice velvet muley in the garage. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Beautiful um, buck. Yeah. That was a fun one. Uh, that was on one of my leases. And, you know, transitioning into that, I mean, that's kind of what I love about where I'm outfitting and why I chose to outfit there is it's just such a game rich environment. So, yeah, I was actually going to yeah. mention that mm -hmm. to, to transition. So for you individually, mm -hmm. hunting and filling your own tags, 2018 was a bust. Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yep. Mesa Outfitters. I mean, you know, you did harvest. Yeah. You know, absolutely. Yeah. You did harvest. Sure. You know, but like you were saying, you yeah. know, like Montana, you know, or the Nevada, you know, New Mexico. Yeah. yeah. There was difficulties, right? Yeah. Trials, tribulations, eating yep. tags. Yep. You know. Life which, got in the way a bit. Yeah. Well, yeah. and for hunters, yeah. I mean, how often, uh, that's yeah. just part of the game, right? Yeah. And it was, that goes all the way back to the beginning when we were talking about sure. the value of, yeah. of the hunt, you know yeah. what I mean? And the trials, tribulations, the tears, the effort, the yeah. energy, everything as hunters that we dump into it, right. not only financially, but emotionally and, and everything else that's involved collectively, sure. right? Yeah. Miles traveled hours away from the family or from the job, you know, and, and all these different, yeah. different things. For Mesa, out, for Mesa Verde Outfitters, mm -hmm. I have to read it off your hat because I'll yeah. probably end up saying <laughs> it's Outdoors again. It's a long name. Yeah. yeah. So for Mesa Verde out, Outfitters, yeah. I almost did it. I almost <laughs> said Outdoors. But I don't know why I keep going to Outdoors. It's just for whatever reason. Anyways, you guys had a pretty epic season. Yeah. As far as awesome. 
harvested animals. Yep. I mean, how many bucks over 200 did you guys dump this year? We only got two over 200. So we only got two. Let's yeah. let's rephrase that. Yeah. We got two. We got <laughs> two bucks over 200. That's like yeah. amazing. Yeah. No, right? Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of them out there. No. So, yeah. And yeah. like consistent yeah. and in yeah. one season to yep. put down two. Yeah. Yep. That's like monstrous. I've yeah. never seen a buck that big in my life. So I don't even... Yeah. To be able to have the oh, opportunity yeah. to see two, yeah. let alone be a part of harvesting two or killing yeah. two, yeah. like, yeah, that's dynamite. It is. It that's is. dynamite. How it many? Is. So, it overall, is. how many bucks did you guys put down this year? I think we put down sixteen bucks this year. Sixteen. Yep. yep. And what would you say your smallest? And we had, was? I think, 30, 33 hunters. Okay, so about fifty percent success. Yep. And I'd nope. say about ninety percent opportunity. Really? Quite a few misses. Uh-huh. Yeah, a few wounded. Yeah. So, yeah. That happens. Yeah. Yeah. The two over 200 and then uh, probably maybe four or five in the 180s. Yeah. You know, and then quite a few in the high 160s. So, I mean, so, yeah. you didn't, you guys didn't yeah. take, harvest anything, you didn't kill anything under a buck 50? No. No. So, Nothing I would say everything was 160 and up. 160 and up. And up. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a stellar year. Yeah. With 50% success rate? Yeah. That's a stellar year. Yeah. Yeah. With two over 200 yeah. and five in the 180 yeah. range. Yeah. That blows my mind. Yeah. I have to repeat it just so I can like, <laughs> I'm visually like, yeah. well, I'm saying it. I'm trying to visualize yeah. the amount of antler that, awesome. that is. That's insane. It's awesome to see. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So what yeah. was it like, hands down, what was your favorite memory from this year? Oh, geez. Um, uh, just getting to be on the hunts, guiding these hunts and, and doing this. Probably opening day a rifle. Uh-huh. Oh my god, we shot a two hundred and four inch buck. Oh my god! And uh, you know, I'd patterned this buck for about three weeks prior. Uh huh. And uh, so you, you you've mentioned patterning quite a few times. So sure. for you, when you're patterning an animal, 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 <laughs> do you have a notepad out? Like, are you taking notes on actual activity of the animal or what they're doing, or do you just watch them? We just watch them. Yeah. You know, you're just watching them, picking I mean, up their routine. Yeah. I mean, these muley bucks. They're not like blacktail, you know, blacktail, they're, they're sort of, uh, you know, I don't know, they're more like a mountain goat or something. They're, they're sort like a ghost of, they're, of the coast. Yeah. Man. They're a straight up ghost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, good luck, like going to find a game trail, you know, you can't go out there and find a game trail for blacktail and then just go sit there and assume they're going to come by. Until two there's in the like, morning. Yeah. They'll be by. Right, two right, yeah. in the morning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, you know, you walk around on one of these hills out here, there's like 5,000 game trails. Yeah. You know, they're zigzagging and then you're like, but there's no animals on them ever. Ever. Until two in the morning. Ever. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. You know, mule deer are so different. Mule deer, they they will do the same thing until something makes them stop. Yeah. Or pushes them out. Or pushes them out. And even then, a lot of the times, they'll they'll go back back. to doing it three days later. Yeah. You know, so. Don't tell anybody that though. That's a secret. That's a secret. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So these deer, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically, uh, you know, come out to feed in the evening, feed mm-hmm. all night, go back to bed in the morning mm-hmm. and you just sort of try and see, you know, where they're coming out, where they're going in yeah, and then you're ambushing them, you mm-hmm. know, for archery, uh, spot and stalk in the morning. If you can get on them when they're out in these alfalfa fields and stuff. Yeah. And then in the evening you're just trying to catch them when they come out of the canyons yeah. into the fields. Yeah. Um, and uh, and once you got them on a pretty good pattern, uh, assuming they're staying on our private ranch the whole time, yeah, and it's it's you know it's 
it's kind of straightforward yeah. in, in a good way. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, the, you know, there's always some, there's always some kind of like curveball that gets thrown at you. Of it course. seems like most of the time. Wouldn't be happening you know, if it was. Like the day before the season opens, suddenly the deer doesn't show up for a day. Yeah. Or. Panic. You know, right. Or there's always that chance that it's crossing over a neighbor's property onto yours. And then you've got this fear that like they're going to shoot. Maybe the first. neighbor's going to take it first. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, and, and bucks like that, you know, these 200 inchers that walk around, like people know about them. Oh yeah, it's not they got names. They, yeah, probably yeah. multiple yeah. names from multiple different oh, people yeah. that all know about. No, it. there's guys in coffee shops having conversations about that deer before they're shot. You know. Yeah. It's a conversation piece for sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's uh, you know it's definitely um, you know just because you know they're there, it's never a gimme. I mean, it's you know. Yeah. Yeah, it's fair. It's, it's, fair, it's fair chase hunting. Yeah. You know? I mean. But it's funny. I mean, we we show some of these pictures of these animals we harvest, and people like send questions on Instagram and stuff. Like, are you guys a high fence outfit or this or that? You have yeah. to be high have fence. To be high There's fence. no way that you guys are doing that without high fences. But, and hormone injections. Right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, actually, yeah. we're not. Thanks, no, but yeah, it is. It's truly. It's fair chase. Yeah. You know? But it's uh, it's not as easy as you think. But it's um, yeah. You know, it's uh. I believe every year we'll dig up bucks that size, you know? I mean, that's why it wasn't like I just picked this area out of a, you know, I didn't just like put a pin on a map and go, that's where I'm going to do it. Like I've spent a lot of time out there Yeah. and I just, I fell in love with it for that reason. It's just, it's such a game rich environment. Yeah. Um, And you don't need to have a thousand acre piece of property to produce a 200 inch buck every year. Yeah. I mean, you're doing it off a 100, 200 acre piece sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, these deer just go where the feed is, where they feel safe. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's what's so cool about it. I mean, it's like, you know, you can bring a, a 13, 14 year old kid out there and I'll, I'll put him on a buck the first day because I know where there's a buck and he's going to yeah. be there. And I mean, that's just, it's so for an outfitter, that's kind of the best of both worlds because you, you have that, you know, you don't have a lot of hunts where you take guys out for five days and they don't see an animal in that caliber, you know, yeah. at least in that 170, 180 class yeah. range. So, yeah. For sure. Yeah. For yeah. sure. That's yeah. crazy, man. So, but, full circle back, what was your yeah. your yeah. favorite memory from this season? Yeah, no, so I, I got this guy, Gabe, from South Dakota. Mm-hmm. You've never shot a mule deer buck before. First time. First time. Mule deer hunting. Mule deer hunting. Whitetail hunting. Uh, or just whitetail. He actually owns a outfitting business in South Dakota. Okay. Where they do um, pheasant and walleye fishing. Really? They call it cast and blast. Cast and blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Where you go out and you walleye fish in the morning and then you go pheasant hunting in the afternoon. That's kind of a neat day right there. It would be kind of a neat day. Yeah, that I mean, sounds just like... He's extended an invite. I, I'm kind of thinking we might have to take him up on yeah, this. Yeah, you should definitely try it. It sounds like out. a pretty cool experience. For sure. But, um, yeah, the guy had never shot a mule deer before. Yeah. And uh, I just, I don't know, you, you kind of, you get to know all these hunters before they even show up because you're talking to them on the phone and a lot of them like to tell you their sort of life experiences and you know, they're, they're trying to get a feel for who you are and you're trying to get a feel As for who they are. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, and, um, and sometimes you get it wrong, Yeah. you know, and, and unfortunately, and, and sometimes, you know, guys show up and maybe they're not kind of. Yeah. I mean, I, in the past for me, one of my, my first quote unquote outfitter experience was just a nightmare. Sure. You know, this guy was totally yeah. like, 
he was a total crook, total yeah. criminal, you know, and yeah. I obviously am not going to say mm-hmm. what state or where they were from or anything like that. Yeah. Um, advertised one thing and it was Completely so different. different than what they had advertised. Yeah. You know, Come stay at our lodge, blah, 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 blah. We have, you know, thousands of acres to hunt on. Sure. Well, what it was, was come stay in the sub-level floor of my house <laughs> where we have 16 bunk beds. Oh, man. We have 16 hunters coming in and thousands of acres was actually <laughs> 2, all... 2,000 acres? No, it was all BLM <laughs> oh, and yeah. public land that was an 80-mile drive every single day to get to. Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was, so none of that was advertised, though. <laughs> right. right. It wasn't in the brochure. At all. Yeah. At all. It was like these beautiful pictures of the bulls that they had, like the elk herd that they have on their actual ranch, which they don't hunt until the last week of the season, which they don't allow <laughs> their clients to hunt during ever they don't <laughs> ever. bring their they, they keep their property for themselves yeah. and then they just charge everybody it was like two grand or yeah. sixteen hundred a head or something sure. like that to share a bunk bedroom with sixteen or twelve guys or yeah. sixteen guys in one bathroom. Man. You wanna know what's fun? <laughs> Not that. Sixteen men and one toilet. Jeez. And everybody wakes up at the same time. Oh jeez. Anyway. Yeah. So well, it's what you're talking about is it's like an epidemic in the outfitting industry. Is it really? I believe that, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's funny if you think about it, right? Yeah. Like looking at any area, you know, a general area, two to three units combined, whatever. Yeah. You look at the amount of outfitters in that area now. Yeah. And there's quite a few. Yeah. And you think about it mathematically, like how many 350 inch bulls are there in that area? Yeah. How many. 180 inch class mule deer bucks are really in that area yeah versus how many outfitters and how many hunters are coming there like your odds are never going to be that great yeah you know i mean they're just not it's just like it's a mathematical thing I mean, yeah you can't like you know and 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 yeah probably 50 percent of these guys that are selling these hunts are full of it you know yeah they're just not going to offer you the experience you're hoping to get yeah and it's hard too, you know, being on the other side of the coin and being the outfitter, it's like you, you know, you know, realistically that, yeah, 50% of the people that come out probably aren't going to harvest now, yeah. you know, yeah. um, you, you know, you want to give everyone an opportunity, but it's like, it is hunting yeah. and there's just not that many out there, yeah. unfortunately. You well, know? so last year yeah. I did a fundraiser charity with, uh, an organization and all of the uh, UPS, all of the um, hunts. Like I had to tell everybody, like, "Hey, man, like this is hunting. Right. This isn't killing." Yep. You know, and like the biggest thing for me was making sure that people knew that coming into it. Yep. Because there's no guaranteed success yep. on any hunt. Yep. You know, this isn't a high fence hunt where mm-hmm. I have seventy pigs behind a fence and we're gonna go. Everybody's gonna go shoot a pig. Right. You know, like this yeah. is, yeah. we're actually going to have to go out. Yeah. We're, you know, and on 800 acres, mm-hmm. we were putting down anywhere between five to 10 miles a day. Right. On 800 acres. Yeah. Uphill, downhill, around hill, sure. circles. Sure. You know, and all kinds of stuff. And, and uh, that's, you know, it's just so funny how people instantly assume because you're getting a, a quote unquote guided hunt. Right. You're guaranteed. Yeah. You know, kill. Yeah. And that's never the case. It's not. At all. It's not. 
Yeah. And it's hard, you know, I mean, and, and as me being a, uh, first and foremost, a hunter, it's like, I, I feel bad, you know, I yeah. want everyone to have a successful hunt, Yeah. you know, but of course, like we can't gauge a successful hunt on necessarily harvesting an animal. Yeah. And that's what I and have that's to remind myself. And that's goes into and, the experience. Yeah. And, and you, know, you get all types, right? You get some guys that come out there and they, they, they've already shot 170 inch bucks. They don't want to shoot 170 inch buck. They yeah. want a 180 year better. Yeah. And they're okay with that. Yeah. They're willing to hold out for that. And, and I'm very upfront with them. And I'm like, look, the odds of you actually harvesting an animal like that are not great. Yeah. You know, it could happen, but you have to be okay with eating your tag. Yeah. And the ones that are genuine, genuinely like okay with doing that, mm-hmm. you know, they're fine. I mean, if they don't get one, they walk away and they're happy, yeah. and, you know, but then there's other ones that are, you know, it's like, um, three days later, they're like, you know, I just want to get an animal. I just want to get a deer. And you're like, well, that's not really what we discussed when you, you know, came out here. Right. So, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's hard, man. Yeah. There's so many different personality types, Yeah. you know, and, and trying to sort of tailor it towards everyone. I mean, it, you truly are in the hospitality business to yeah. an extent, you know, so. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, no, we, so Gabe came out. Uh, he was, uh, you know, I could just tell, like, he, he, he just got off a moose hunt. He said it was a 16-day moose hunt. Didn't mm-hmm. see a single moose. Oh, wow. For 16 days. He said, yeah. just brutal weather. But he said it was an amazing experience and he'd do it again next year and he had a great time. And I could yeah. just tell, like, this guy was, you know, just a good guy and, yeah. you know, in it for the right reasons and yeah. had, had a positive attitude. And I knew about this deer and I talked to him about it and he was just like, you could tell, I mean, he was just like, it, it would have meant the world to him. You yeah. Know? And that's what you want. It's like, yeah. you, you know, when you, when you have tabs on a buck like that, you want the person that kills it yeah. to just... To, to appreciate it well, you know, for what it is. Prior to us starting this podcast, mm-hmm. we sat down together and we watched mm-hmm. the video yeah. that you guys made of, yeah. of Gabe's hunt. Yeah. And like, he was genuinely in shock. Oh, yeah. Like, just watching the buck oh, yeah. walking around. Yeah. Like, you could tell, man, that guy, like, after he got that deer, yeah. it was the first morning of the first day of the hunt. Yeah. And he was there for five days. Yeah. And he was just on cloud nine for five days. Yeah. I mean, it was like the weight of the world had been lifting off, lifted off his shoulders. Yeah. He just accomplished something in his life that he probably always wanted to do. percent of hunters never will accomplish right. it. Always wanted to do it. Yeah. Probably never knew if he'd have the opportunity yeah. to. And he'd done it. And it was like he actually got to just relax and just enjoy his time out yeah. there in a way. And it was just so cool to see this guy. Just It was just like such a great experience for him. Yeah. You know, it meant the world to him. Yeah. So that was just, that was, that was awesome. Well, and like, it's so funny because before he took the shot, he's like, I'm shaking, I'm shaking. Like, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And like, dude, it, yeah. I just watching it, I was getting buck fever, like panic. <laughs> you like, get nervous. Yeah. Dude, I'm getting nervous <laughs> yeah. watching this yeah. buck. Like, yeah. And it's moving around and yeah. it's just like enormous. And it, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh my God, there's the shot. Take it. And then no, no shot. Dude, it's so, and then, I mean, yeah. he took it and he dumped it in yeah. one shot and it was amazing. Yeah. But it was so just like, I don't know. I can't Some, imagine. Sometimes, like going, you know, I mean, I could see it happening to me. You go to a place and you're, say, you're paying this money and you're yeah. doing this hunt. And someone tells you, like, we've got this buck. I've known about this buck for a while. Yeah. They're sending you pictures of this deer. Yeah. He's huge. Yeah. And they're like, you know, you're going to have an opportunity at this deer. I think going out there knowing that you're going to have an opportunity at a buck like that. Yeah. You're already probably getting a little bit bit of anxiety. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? 
Like, it's a, and like, like you already I, have right panic before you're there. Right. Like I don't want to, <laughs> I, I don't want to screw this up. Yeah. It's a huge deer. Yeah. These people have a lot of time and energy invested in finding this deer for me. So if yeah. I wound it or if I blow the shot, yeah. how mad are they going to be? <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, just all the different pressures that come into it. Yeah. I think it's way different than if you're out, you know, doing it by yourself out in the national forest and you, yeah. you know, blow it on a nice buck you know yeah. i mean there's no one there to you know baby you threw it yeah so <laughs> uh, yeah i mean i'm sure me standing right next to him probably added to his anxiety quite a bit <laughs> yeah oh yeah you know that yeah. do anybody so i mean yeah, I, was, I was actually i mean pretty impressed that he made the good shot he did yeah and, you know i mean granted it wasn't wasn't a real far one but he was uh yeah yeah no he was it was pretty awesome man. epic yeah absolutely yeah, it was it was cool how it worked out so what have been some of the difficulties in the in the guide taking on your first in your first year as everything? I mean, honestly, man, you could make a TV show out of the stuff. You know, I mean, just just uh, dramatic, dramatics, <laughs> so dramatic. Guys creating drama where there doesn't need to be drama. Yeah, you know, not just the hunters, the guides. Yeah. Um, the, the, the competitive, you know, the competition, the other outfitters in the area. Yeah. I mean, you're the new guy. No one likes you out there. Yeah. You know, um, getting, getting good properties, you know, yeah. putting in the time, uh, going out meeting these people, kind of having to really put yourself out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're really, you know, as much, even though you're paying them for these leases, it's like, they have to like you, they have to trust you. They have to feel comfortable with you bringing people onto their property yeah. and hunting. Um, uh, the guides, you know, guiding is a different animal, mm -hmm. um, truly. And, uh, a lot of guys that know how to hunt can't guide, Yeah, you know, and, and then there's guys that are great with people and, 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 and can't hunt, Yeah, you know, and trying to find people that can do it all and that you can count on yeah. to get up on yeah. time every morning. You know, get it done, get it done, Yeah, live this kind of wild man life and yet still be in control. Yeah. You know, not drink at night and yeah. not wake up the next morning cause you're hung over yeah. whatever. I mean, these are just the realities of the industry. See, lucky you know? for me, I don't drink. Yeah. So that's good. I get yeah. everybody else drunk. <laughs> there you go. And then reap the benefits of them not being able to function the next morning. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, juggling that. And then, and then I guess first and foremost, the hunters, you know, you yeah. just, these guys come out and trying to gauge everyone's expectations and people from all walks of life all I'm walks sure. of life yeah. exactly personalities some guys go on hunts like this every year and they have money to burn and and to them it's like no big deal right no big deal or they're you know they're comparing you to every other outfitting experience they've had the good and the bad mm -hmm. and it's like they're almost like just they're like uh it's like a food critic or something you know yeah. they're out there and they're judging every little thing you do comparing it to all these other places Mm -hmm. Or you've got guys that have been saving up for this hunt for 10 years. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, it means the world to them. Yeah. You know, and how do you, you, how do you put one person's hunt above another's? You, you can't really do that. Yeah. So you kind of have to try and give everyone an equal opportunity. Um, and, you know, some guys just, you know, they were human beings, you know, some guys' personalities are how they are they you know they, you don't really get along with them <laughs> right that's just life yeah things you know? clash but you have to put all that aside and you yeah. still have to you know give them your best effort and you know uh, just uh, I don't even know I mean 
there's just so many stories. Yeah. You might have to might have to table that for our do next, a, next episode. Do a whole I mean, other episode. Oh man, guide could, life. We could. Honestly. See, yeah. 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 yeah that could be sure. our next one. Yeah. I mean, some of the stuff it would blow your mind. Yeah. Some of the stuff that we encountered. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just wild. some yeah. of the short stories that we've yeah. talked about already in the past. You oh know, yeah. On the phone is just like. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's insanity. Man. Yeah, it is. That's insanity. Is. I mean, yeah. You know, I've I've had experiences of just, you know, yeah. people who are just so fuming mad at me because, yeah, you know, they went out hunting with me and, and didn't harvest an animal, right? You know, and that makes me a bad person because I didn't, yeah, get them on an animal. And it's like, yeah. oh, wow, dude. No, yeah. I mean, some of these guys, you know, there there is a place in this world for high fence hunting. Mm-hmm. It's for people like that. Yeah, you know, really. And I, I've done high fence hunting. I've only been on one. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went out with uh, Hans and Adrian. Oh, did Texas and, or? No, I oh. didn't do Texas, but uh, just down to Paso Robles to okay. Bitterwater Outfitters, yeah. and yeah. we went and slayed like ten pigs, yeah. four sheep, and a buffalo, and <laughs> everybody had a great time. Yeah. There's like, you know, yeah, no lack of everybody smiling and right. laughing the entire time. No, I yeah. shot my first four horn, which is something I've wanted to do. I mean, it's it's a different experience. But it, it is. Can, it can still be fun. Well, I've never done it, but I mean, so for me, like yeah. getting to the point where I was like, I'm going to do this hunt. Like it yeah. was just all about going out and having a good time. Yeah, you know, and like yeah. no pressure of filling my deer tag, no pressure of filling my elk tag, no yeah. pressure of other hunters in the yeah. public land that I'm hunting. Yeah. You know, because I'm just like a yeah. diehard public land junkie, and right. and just getting out there and being with the other people, and, and yeah. you know, getting to do one of my bucket list hunts, mm-hmm. which is a four horn. Sure. You know, and I don't know if I'll ever yeah. be able to hunt a four horn on any land anywhere yeah. in any country yeah. publicly, because I'm just not that. Totally. Truly, know. like you know, high fence. Yeah, like like you said, the pressure's off. Yeah, I think um, like this Nevada hunt or this Arizona hunt we're going on in January, same kind of deal, mm-hmm. different completely, but it's an over the counter hunt. Yeah, so you're not in it thousands of dollars. Yeah, you know it's not a, a draw hunt. It's yeah. nothing like that. So if you go out there, you, you can enjoy yourself, knowing hey, if I don't kill something, yeah, you know, if I don't even get on a big buck, no big deal. Yeah, you know? I mean it's just a little bit of time. Right. Um, but when you go on a hunt like this with us or most of these outfitting hunts where it's fair chase, mm-hmm. but you're spending a lot of money. Yeah. I mean, truly, you know, like for guiding, lodging, your tags, draw tags, all that stuff, you know, you're, you know, you're in the, you know, five to $10,000 yeah. range for sure. Um, and there's no guarantee, yeah. you know, so there, there's definitely an aspect of pressure yeah. an aspect and, and, uh, it's funny, man. It's like. Hunting brings things out in people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. just the whole, the whole experience from the, you know, the money, the yeah. time, the excitement, mm-hmm. everything about it. You it hit brings that. out a different side of people that I think you don't normally see or that they, you know, well, not only that, of behavior. but talk about ultimate peaks and valleys. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. Ultimate peaks. Yeah. And just the most. Low of lows. Terrific. Yeah. Or not terrific. Yeah. Uh, horrific. Horrific. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Valleys <laughs> yeah. of just like, oh, yeah. You know, I missed that. Oh, or, yeah. You know, I yeah. spooked it at 20 yards. I should have taken the shot at 30. Or Hans's wife, uh, Adrian, came out. Yeah. And uh, she shot a beautiful 4x4 buck with us. Yeah. 20 yards. Yeah. We never found it. Yeah. You know? That's rough. I mean, she was devastated. Yeah. And I felt terrible. I mean, it's like, yeah. You know? But what do you do? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's something you can do. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, yeah. I mean, and yeah. I've that I think for me the longest I've ever blood tracked an animal is like yeah. mile and a half, two miles from yeah. where I, where I stuck it with an arrow. Yeah. And uh, you know, I just hit it a little high. Yeah. And there was like no blood. Yeah. I mean, I was getting a pinhole drop of blood every yeah. fifty to 100, 200 yards. Sure. And for whatever reason, I was just able to stay on the freshest overturned dirt, 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 and earth, <laughs> dirt, dirt, earth. dirt. Nice. <laughs> just done that a few times yeah, today. Good. I'm just not yeah. awake yet. No, but yeah. yeah, you know, that's yeah. just that I couldn't even yeah. imagine. The, you know, but yeah. then again, it goes back to that stubbornness we were talking about earlier. I just it's good. No stone unturned. I'm gonna yeah. keep going. Yeah. Yeah. My legs will fall off. And I'll have one <laughs> arm left and I'm just pulling myself along. With that's good, man. Like that drive, I mean, that's what makes you successful. That's what yeah. makes most people successful. What is, that's what helps us yeah. as yeah. hunters. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And it was what you were talking about earlier, that next ridge, that next valley, you yeah. know. And yeah. You know, something else you pointed out too that I really appreciated was that like, because when you said it, I was like, man, I remember so many times in my hunts where it's like, hold on, stop. Yeah. I actually need to focus on my hunt right. and what I'm doing and what's in front of me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and all of that, you know? So what's Mesa Verde's plans? What do you guys got going on 2019 coming up? Yeah. So we're, you know, basically we, uh, we focused mainly on deer last mm-hmm. year. Yeah. Uh, we got a few really nice elk down. Yeah. Um, but I really didn't have a nice high country elk lease. Yeah. This year we actually just acquired a really nice 7,000 acre high country elk ranch. Oh, that's amazing. Which will be really cool. So I'm, I'm very pumped on doing a bunch of elk archery stuff this year. That'll yeah. be new. Um, we're, you know, the biggest obstacle for me in doing this and, you know, I had to kind of get through a year to figure this out mm-hmm. is I think there's two different ways to approach having an outfitting, 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 outfitting business. One is sell, 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 get as many people booked as you can. Yeah. And then try and somehow juggle the madness when it happens. Yeah. And the downside to that is there's going to be people that are not going to have a good time. Yeah. Bottom line. Yeah. And you know, there's going to be people that are going to feel misled like you were talking about. Yeah. And you have to be able to deal with that Mm -hmm. mentally. Yeah. And I don't want to. (laughs) Seriously. You know, I just don't, I don't want to, I don't want to have to look someone in the eye and say, Oh, sorry. You didn't have a good time. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to do that. Sorry. You feel like I misled you or I didn't give you the opportunity that you thought I was going to give you. Yeah. Um, it is hunting. It's not killing. Right. At the same token, you know, doing this costs money. I mean, obviously, you know, getting these leases, getting these guides, yeah, you know, being able to sustain year to year, yeah, you have to at least make enough to cover your costs, and so you can't take a very small amount of hunters at a small price. You can't do it mm-hmm. and be able to afford to even do this. Yeah, stay so, in business, right? So my my goal with this company is to be able to offer people just a really high quality hunting experience. Fair chase hunting experience. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and in order to do that, I realized like, you know, I'm, I have to, to charge more than I was charging. I have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Um, because I want to take less people 
Um, I decided to space less this. people and more quality. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, in a nutshell, yes. Yeah. Less people, more quality. Um, and, uh, and really try and, you know, over the next year or two, just try and get a repeat group of people and that's it. Yeah. You know, if I can help it, I don't want to go to the shows. Yeah. I don't want to have to rely on advertising. I mean, I just want to have the same people come back every year. Yeah. Because they've just, how can you not? Yeah. It's such a great time. Yeah. You know, from the, from the people and the lodge and then just the quality of animals they get to hunt every year. Mm -hmm. Just knowing, I mean, I think that's so much fun, you know, like if I think about it from my end, if I knew that I could go somewhere every year and I knew what it was going to be like, Yeah. you know, like I knew the ranches I got to hunt on. I knew the guides that were going to take me. Yeah. I just knew that I was going to get on. There's relationships. Yeah. And just, and just knowing that I was going to get on big deer, you know, like, Hey, yes, it's a lot of money. Yes. You know, I might only be able to go on one hunt instead of two or three that I normally go on. But you know what? On this hunt, I know I'm going to have an opportunity yeah. at a big animal. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it, that's worth it to me. Yeah. I would take that. And especially as I've gotten older, like based on my experience last year for myself, it's like I probably could have taken all three of those hunts that I drew mm-hmm. and I would have, I would have had a much better experience if I'd just drawn one quality hunt. Yeah. You know, and spent all and spent for one hunt. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so that's kind of what I'm gearing it towards. Yeah. I don't want it to be kind of a meat market hunt. Yeah. You know, I want it to be like, you know, the full experience for people. Yeah. So, which is awesome. Yeah. 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 It, and and that's what's so cool. We have we have the properties. Yeah. We have the animals. We yeah. have the lodge. Yeah. It's all there. Yeah. Um, and it's just a matter of kind of getting people out there and 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 really getting them you know, getting them to come out and experience it. Yeah. And I know once they do, they'll want to come back. So yeah. That's, yeah. So you said shows, what shows are you going to shows this year? We or? are, we're going to the, uh, Sacramento show. Okay. Um, so for anybody in California that might want to come out and meet you in person, they could yeah, go to sportsman's the- expo. It's, uh, the 17th through the 20th of January. Uh huh. And, um, yeah, we'll have some of our mounts and stuff on display from this year and, and uh, from that area in Colorado, uh-huh. and then uh, you know we'll be yeah giving out we got some free free gifts for people and oh, just, cool. uh, we'll be there the whole family will be there so we'll, we'll get to talk to everyone about you know yeah about the the area and yeah our lodge and and then you'll also be going to the Western Hunt Expo you were telling me yeah we're gonna go to that one in uh, Utah yeah and then we're gonna go to one in um, oh, I always forget the name Scottsdale Arizona too mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that should be really cool. That's awesome. And then, so if people wanted to look up Mesa Verde Outfitters, do you guys have an Instagram? Do you have Facebook? How we do. Are they yeah, we're it? Mesa Verde Outfitters on Instagram. Okay. And then you can go to mesaverdeoutfitters.com. Okay. And I think we're just Mesa Verde Outfitters on Facebook too. As well, just yep. across the board. Across the board. Clean yep. cut. Yep. yep. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So, all that being said, yeah. so what would you say? This year has been, or in years past, mm-hmm. for you has been your most pinnacle piece of gear that, that is just something you can't hunt without. Pinnacle piece of gear. Yeah. I love my 15 by 56 Swarovski. Yeah. Swarovski. Swarovski. Yeah. With the tripod setup. Really? Outdoorsman. Yeah. Yeah. Outdoorsman's make some great products. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I've used it in the yeah. field. I don't own any of it just because I yeah. haven't decided to make that jump. I keep upgrading my optics every year. Yeah, which is I should have just 
bought once and cried once, but I didn't. You know, it's funny. I, I got talked into it from a buddy of mine, and I was doing the exact same thing. Yeah. I called him up, and I was like, hey, man, I was looking at these Leicas, and I was looking at these Zeises, and yeah. I'm trying to decide. And he's like, just get the Swarovskis. And I'm like, yeah. I know, but they're like, you know, $600 more. And he's like, dude, just do it once. Be and done. Be it. done. Yeah. You know? And I'm so glad it, he talked me into it. <laughs> really, I am. Because it's it so true. It. You know, and, and I mean, I've, I've always used spotting scopes and then yeah. just kind of lower power, lower power binos. Yeah. Um, and uh, I swear by that. Yeah. Like these 15s on a tripod. Yeah. I mean, just the amount of area you can cover. Um, Gritting. Yeah. Picking stuff apart. Yeah. It's just, it's awesome. That's you know, awesome. And having it on the tripod's key. Yeah. Because there's no movement. Well, the stability just changes the Ch- entire game. game under, yeah. You can pick up that little amber shake or, yeah. you know, anything like that. So, yeah. 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 How crazy. Yeah. So I love those things. So yeah. for anybody, you being a, an extremely successful archer hunter, mm-hmm. archery hunter, yeah. is there any advice you'd give to somebody who might be just getting into archery or who wants to start doing blacktail archery in California? Do you have any? My ability to kill animals with a bow mm-hmm. uh, stepped up dramatically when I started shooting longer shots uh-huh. practicing yeah practice you know? yeah when I kind of got out for a long time in archery I don't think I even took shots over 40 yards 50 yeah. yards you know and then I was using the five pin setup mm-hmm. and it was hard like you get out in that 70 yard range and it's like even just trying to pick the target out behind those pins is yeah. difficult and then I got a single pin Mm-hmm. And then, you know, right out of the gate, you know, when you get the single pin, they're like, oh, you need to side it in at 20 and 60 yards. And I'm like, 60 yards, that's kind of a long shot. You know? And then you do, and you're and proficient, you and you're like, oh, my God. And then, yeah, and then what I learned with that, once you start taking these longer shots, these 80-yard, 90-yard, 100-yard shots at a target, mm-hmm. is you have to have so much more faith in your ability to shoot them. Yeah. Because it's all by feel on. It's like yeah, you're, one follow you're shooting and following through. Yeah, and you yeah. can't see it. You're not watching that arrow hit the target when you shoot. You know? yeah. It's like you just have to trust in your bow. Mm-hmm. And then by doing that, it, it teaches you not to kind of force it in there. It's like you're just you're trusting yeah. in the feel of your Breathe bow. Breathe through it. Yeah, and I mean, I can't really put it into words, but for whatever reason, just doing that, you know, now it's like, you know, when you do get presented with that 40-yard, 50-yard shot, it's just... Cake. Yeah. 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 I mean, nothing's cake in the archery world but it's cake but it's, in, in, yeah. the, in, in the sense that, in the yes. circumstances it's it's it, yeah so much easier than it would mm-hmm. have been yep yeah and then preparation you know just yeah. i mean and when i say preparation it's like trying to i've had everything go wrong with a bow yeah i mean like if it can go wrong it's happened to me i feel like yeah and i'm sure it hasn't and i should knock on wood for that but like i've had like tiny little twigs get in between my cam and my bowstring yeah. when I'm at full draw on a, on a buck. It sounds like and a I shoot And it derailed the string off my bow. Oh, wow. I'm talking a twig like as thick as a toothpick. Yeah. You know, something you don't even think about. Yeah. There's like, it just happened. It just happened and it literally like derailed the entire string off my bow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's rough. I've had an arrow that was knocked on my bow and I put a stock on a deer and I go back to shoot. Uh-huh. And uh, I shoot... And what had happened is it, I think it got caught on a blackberry briar and it pulled it off just enough so the knock was barely on my string. Yeah. But I didn't bother to look because it was still on the string. Yeah. And I went to shoot. It fell down, hit me in the foot and blew my bow up. Yeah. Blew the peep side off my bow, everything else. So, oh, wow. You know, I mean, it's just like being aware of all the little things so that when the moment happens, yeah. you're not 
having to think about that stuff. You yeah. Know? I mean, I think that's so key too. Yeah. Yeah. Right yeah. on. Yeah. So dead eye outfitters, mm-hmm. right? They're yeah. in a, they're an apparel company. Okay. They're not a guide service. Right. Thing like that. They're sure. a hunting apparel company, you know, mm-hmm. uh, but not hunting gear, like everyday lifestyle apparel. Sure. Right. So we work with them. Yeah. And, uh, so, like I was saying, Dead Eye Outfitters, we yeah. work with them. Uh, we come up with a Dead Eye question. It's called the Dead Eye Minute. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Off the cuff, you know. Sure. It's totally for fun. Yeah. Right? So, if you had to be a leading Disney character, male or female character, I mean, you know, cartoon, beast, whatever it would be, who would you be if you were a Disney character? Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, in your front heart, you know, like yeah. you know the Disney characters more so than most people. Like, for example, for me, yeah, I think my Disney character was uh, Archimedes from Sword in the Stone. Yeah, that's a good one, right? Yeah, right. I mean, like Donald Duck was the first thing that popped into my mind, right? But I mean, was he even a Disney character? Yeah, yeah. right. Was yeah. he? I, I, don't know. I, I do that. I don't know. And I don't know why he popped into my mind because that's weird. Yeah. I, uh, Robin Hood. Robin Hood, the fox. The fox. Yeah. Yeah. Going through yeah. it. Yeah. Right on, man. Well, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to yeah. come on the podcast with us. Of course, man. And yeah. uh, you know, I look thanks forward for, uh, to thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's my first podcast ever. Nice. Dude. Yeah. Well, I look forward to seeing Blue you at probably yeah. the show in Sacramento. Absolutely. Definitely. We'll yeah. be spending some time together in Utah. Yeah. And dude, you live Perfect. right down the street. So yeah. I look forward to whatever else may come and we'll awesome. talk soon. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for tuning into the show, folks. If you'd like to check us out online, our website is www.theflipflopguy.co. You can find out all the information you need to have your own flip-flop in your own backyard. We encourage this, and we'd love to see this happening in every backyard across America. You can purchase our sauces that have been cranking out flip-flops from my grandfather since the 1960s. If you had trouble filling your tags this year, we also have available on our website Maui Nui Axis Deer Legs. They're 100% USDA approved and ready for your consumption. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram at the flip flop guy. We hope you have a great day. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to smash that subscribe button.